Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. And welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Happy Friday Eve. That's right. It's a Thursday morning, so you can treat this like a Friday if you so desire. It's 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and that means if you can treat it like a Friday, that basically you can take today off. Uncle Randy said you could. How are you guys doing? <laughs> oh, okay. no. Oh, yes. Is that... Is that official? We, uh, well, we can... if Uncle Randy says it, All does right. anybody question nope, it? Nope, they do not. I've been around, you know. <laughs> you have been. There's going to be a lot of people all of a sudden turning around on the highway, just like a mass exodus. I'm going, I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I pick up a tea time. Let's see what we got here weather-wise. Is it going to rain today? going to rain. Oh, it is going to rain. Mm. Okay, so uh, find something else to do. Go bowling. You can go to uh, sleep. Top golf. Sleep. sleep. Okay, all good plays. How are you guys doing? Cardinals lost 10-4, but otherwise, how are you doing? Yeah. Oh. Doing wonderful. Why did Brooke say bowling like that? What? You don't like bowling? You said bowling? bowling is an indoor. I haven't bowled in a long time, I guess. We need to have a... a uh, well, well, we, haven't, we haven't gotten to our pickleball competition, so we, we should start things. there before we start yeah. talking about bowling. We got to yeah. practice. Even uh, There's a home run derby that's coming up. And I got to yeah. practice because it's yeah. making me nervous. I get to uh, MC that. <laughs> That's one of the advantages of being old is that you don't have to, you don't have to go out to uh, Car Shield Stadium and uh, have what happened. To BK and Ferrario happened. You to see, you. that's and I've heard that story a lot, and so I can't have that happen to me. Yeah, they uh, they were in a home run hitting contest. How many did home runs did they hit? Uh, they hit zero. Oh shoot, they hit I'm zero. A, I'm gonna assume that they didn't win. Yeah, that's a safe uh. assumption. Yeah, that's a pretty safe assumption. Uh, do we have our uh, our, our Aerosmith? We've, we've got we're giving away Aerosmith tickets today. We're gonna give them away in a different way. Okay. Today we're gonna give them away at eight forty five. Okay. No, nine fifteen. Nine fifteen. Okay, and here's the way we're going to do this. Aerosmith has a famous song called Dream On. We have a famous app called the 101 ESPN app. <laughs> we are combining the 101 ESPN app with the song Dream On. And the person that can send us a mic drop that emulates this very song portion. So we'll play that again for you, but we want you to do the high voice, Steven Tyler, and we're going to, at 9.15, hear your entries and the person that best copycats 
Steven Tyler and Aerosmith gets the tickets to see Aerosmith and the Black Crows. We're doing a Black Crow song this morning. October 26th <laughs> at Enterprise Center. Uh, tickets available, by the way, at 101ESPN.com. Find a bonus chance. But here's what you have to sing. Contest? Oh, I do. Well, I and then it. it's like American Idols. So yeah. who's yeah. going to be the Simon Cowell of the group? Rockio? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, Sorry. That was clear. Definitely. No, I'm, the, I'm, I'm much like my job here. I'm the producer who has to, who, who's there in line, like, get out. No. Oh, You're Randy not good looking be, enough Randy, for this. Get Randy out. can be the Simon Cowell. Oh, I'm oh. too nice. Oh. Uh, uh, kind of pitchy dog, but you, you got a great, you got a great future. So you want to be Randy? Randy, 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 Randy. I don't mind being Simon then. Okay. You're Simon. Yeah. That was terrible. Is Who was the other efforts? ones? Um, Paula and Abdul, right? Paula. Paula. Oh, okay. Um, I don't even know what she said. She was pretty nice. Yeah, she was nice to people. Yeah. What's oh, the okay. Carrie, Carrie, what's her name? Katy Perry? Katy Perry, no. Yeah, she's is she on there. Yeah. Katy Perry yeah. is on the recent yeah, it's Katie ones. Katy Perry, uh, Nicole Kidman's husband. Uh, oh, Keith Urban. Keith Urban. Yes. And Lionel Richie, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I, haven't, oh, yeah. I haven't watched it since so, the uh, first original three. Is it on Fox or ABC now? Oh, it was started, I think I it was no on Fox idea. and now it's on ABC. Who knows? Uh, yeah, who knows? Anyway, the Cardinals <laughs> did lose 10-4 to last night, uh, but the Cardinals <laughs> did take the lead. Okay, the Cardinals had the lead in this game, and so if you were just invested in the first inning and then you had something else that caused you to be indisposed, uh, you got to hear this. Swing and a shot headed for the gap in right center. That ball is down. Goldie around second on his way to third. That'll get to the wall. Goldschmidt around third. He's going to score. Nolan cuts the bag. He's headed for third. And the Cardinals lead 1-0. Yes, Chip Carey the call on Bally Sports. 1-0 cards in the first, followed by the former Cub. Man, this guy, you sign him to be a slugging catcher. He's unbelievable. (laughs) Shot to right field. There's a base hit. Here comes Kiz around third. Here comes the throw. It's going to be up the line. Contreras does it again and says, boomy, Chicago. It's 2-0. Uh, Contreras actually wasn't catching last night. They gave him a rare day at DH. I honestly thought you were talking about Kisner because he said Kisner's <laughs> name. Oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> you signed him to be the slugging catcher. <laughs> Not really slugging, but the catcher. Uh, then things kind of fell apart for poor Jordan Montgomery. He allows... Six runs on seven hits in five innings pitched. Drew Verhagen very closely getting back to Chris Vanderha uh, territory <laughs> no. here with an inning where he allowed three runs. Yes, uh, he he's becoming forgettable again. Uh, and then uh, Nail came in, James Nail came in, and he allowed a run on three hits in a couple of innings. And the Cardinals lose by a score of 10-4. to four, And the winning streak goes by the boards. It, it, it goes away. What do you think is going on with um, Jordan Montgomery? He, I mean, he, he is... I think he's the ace of the staff. He is. But I feel like there are times where it's just, it's not clicking. The record would show that. And we talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago, or last week maybe, Randy, where I was saying him being a free agent, if you are 2-5 and five and end up 5-12 and 12 on the season or 5-17, and 17, that does not look good for you going forward in free agency. But with this particular team, because it's so bad, other teams are going to recognize that the Cardinal defense is bad, that the pitch, that the base running is bad. That he, if he winds up with an earned run average of three point seven, and he he gives the Cardinals two hundred innings, and he goes five and twelve with this team, that actually might be pretty good. The the front office may be okay with it, but with fans, if the Cardinals signed a pitcher that was five for seventeen, five and seventeen five, with five a three point seven six ERA, would they be like, oh yeah, that's the guy we want, or would they be like, what the heck are we doing? 
they would say, a, a lot of people would say that, but the the numbers nerds, I didn't call them nerds, did you I? Did. I'm sorry. You can call them that again. If uh, you want. The numbers folk will tell you that the win is an irrelevant stat. Hmm. I carry. I'm somebody who likes winning, and I, I, I think that that might be why you play the game. If you think winning is an irrelevant stat, you're probably a loser. I don't know. That's how I feel. You don't like winning. You might be just a person that enjoys uh, losing. I, I think that's a good. That's a really good point. I mean, you, you know? either win or you lose, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess if you, you ain't tie first, you're last. <laughs> Ricky Bobby. Exactly. What are we talking about here? And I, I knew this text was going to come in this morning, and props to the 636 for getting this in so seven quickly. Minutes, sir, seven minutes in. Can't good. believe Contreras gave up 10 runs. He must not know the art of pitching. We got we got two firsts in that one. Yeah. We got two firsts in that one. This is, the the mm-hmm. interesting thing about that, Brooke, is the this is going to linger every time oh, the Cardinals yeah. don't have a good game. Every time the pitching staff goes out and and has a stinker, we're going to say, oh, is this on Contreras? Because he clearly is not calling the pitches tonight. You put your team in a – you put your player in a position that, that no one should have to be in, but you put your team in a, in a place where – they're going to be questioned. And Andrew Kisner, who is only doing his job, yeah. he's going to be the brunt of a lot of the, the, the questions going forward because you brought Contreras in to be the starting catcher, and now he's no longer doing that. Well, and here's the thing, though. It kind of goes back to what Ali Marmol said, where it was like, well, this is something that I'll just have to wear it. You know, we're just going to have to wear it. And that's when these jokes and stuff are going to constantly come in because, once again— Kind of like that Tyler O'Neill situation earlier in the season. Right now, you're you're putting yourself because of something so public. You're going to be yeah. under a harsher media microscope because I mean it was very very public and unusual to have your catcher that you signed during the off season and you talked about how much you needed one, you wanted one. You even applauded his bat. You understood that it was he was an offensive catcher, and all of a sudden you're switching him just what was it 33 games in mm-hmm. yeah that's yep. going to get a lot of attention and now you're going to get a lot of backlash because when you have that happen last night jordan montgomery has been really good and a consistent arm for him and then once again it's like the same stuff we're seeing from the starting rotation yep hello you play to win the game you don't play to just play it that's the great thing about sports Thanks, Coach. Cardinals off today. They'll play in Boston Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That'll be fun, and you'll get to see Wayne Wright on Friday. Well, Matt's for uh, get there early uh, on Saturday, and then Michaelis on Sunday. Why do, why do you need to get there early, Randy? Because <laughs> if you get there in the third inning, he ain't going to be there. Uh, NBA oh. playoffs last night. Oh, did, I, oh, did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. Um, uh, the, last night in the NBA playoffs, the uh, Knicks stayed alive with a 112-103 win over the Heat. And Kerry's Golden State Warriors dumped to the Lakers 121-106. Oh, I bumped my head. Take me off on a wheelchair. That, to me, I mean, I try not. So a couple of weeks ago, I said we were asked about questions about football players playing in the NBA and NBA players playing in, in the NFL. And I thought that NBA players would have a greater chance. I take that. I retract that statement after watching one a- Anthony Davis get it wasn't even an elbow it was a forearm to the eye and he come on man come on man like are you serious you I, 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 listen maybe he was really hurt 
But you gotta toughen up, Buttercup. Like, come on, you, you, you. That was that was ridiculous. Gary, I was. Uh, I, I have a friend who's a huge Steelers fan. Loves you. Loves the Steelers. And uh, I was telling her this story about I was at a Steelers football Cardinals game in 1979, and Terry Bradshaw just gets flattened at the end of the first half, and he's down. He's clearly out for a couple of minutes. And he, it's right before halftime. He gets off and jogs off the field. And we're thinking, there's no way he's coming back. And he comes back clearly concussed and leads the Steelers to a win over the football Cardinals. Yeah. And he didn't have to have a wheelchair at all. He got up after a couple minutes of being lights out and ran off the field. Randy, Terrell Davis played in the Super Bowl. And he said he couldn't even see. Migraine headaches. He had headaches so bad. Uh, and they said, all we need you to do is play action yeah. fake and we'll score a touchdown. He couldn't see. He didn't know where to line up. He just muscle memory. Come on, AD. Come on, on, AD. Uh, So the Warriors are still alive, and they'll win Game Seven tomorrow. Game Six. Game Six. Yeah, Lakers lead three to two. Yeah. So then they'll win Game Six and then Game Seven. Uh, NHL playoffs: the Maple Leafs over the Panthers by a score of two to one. So the the Maple Leafs stay alive in that series, and the Oilers took care of the Golden Golden Knights. I have to laugh here, four to one, game tied two two, and Alex Petrangelo, I love you, baby. Uh, Alex Petrangelo with a vicious slash of Leon Drysaitel in the closing moments with his team down four one. It was great, it was just so cool because I I can appreciate Petro's frustration. Just the heck with it, yeah, huh? right? Yeah, you were losing, you take this with you. Yeah, and Connor McDavid says, oh, he should be suspended for that. No, it's the playoffs. Come yeah. on. It's a different game. It's, it should be a different game. Playoffs should be different, and you should allow guys to slash people. Especially just, if you're losing, you're mad. Yeah, you're Whatever. mad. Yeah. <laughs> go hit them next game. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's Kerry. That's Brooke. I'm Randy. Uh, hey, we also, uh, and I guess they aren't working yet. They're going to tell us about this when they do work. So Michelle and I started this morning show. I started on the morning show. Uh Three years and nine days ago, it was May second of 2020, right in the heat of the, or in the in the depths of the pandemic. And the very first day, they said, "Yeah, we're going to put cameras in the studio for you guys, <laughs> mm-hmm. so that uh, you people can watch you on the old YouTube." And lo and behold, we walk in this morning, and Matthew is here before me and says, "You won't believe what's in this studio." I said, what? Uh, I thought somebody had left us, like, food or something. Come in, <laughs> and there's cameras in the studio. Hello. Now, I don't think they're up and running yet, but they're nah. there, so... The, the way the timing goes, I'm guessing, we were told three years and nine days ago that the cameras would be in studio. So I'm guessing by May 11th of 2024 <laughs> that those <laughs> things will be, be working. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, they have a little green they lights. They got a green light yeah. on them. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, they I was telling you, they work, as you can see the screen here. Well, Randy, what do you have to do? They work, but they have not told anyone how this works. So well, is it, it on just right started. now? Find us. Yes. You can but see us? I don't, no, no, we're not, no, we're not live no, right no, now on YouTube. No, no, no. no, no. no, no, no I have to click buttons okay. and things to make us go live, but they didn't really... Click buttons then, Rock. Yeah. They Tell me how to. to. Video engineer now. I'm not going to break something. Can we add that to you? I guess we can just go back and call me an engineer. Now it's going to get complicated. Oh, now you want to be an engineer again. Not really. Not really. Yeah, I think uh, we might might need to get approval but first. But yeah, I mean, they, they set it up. They didn't really tell us. Like I said, it was a surprise to me. So, I mean, I'm I'm excited to learn. Hopefully, we can go live by worst case scenario uh, Monday starting next week. Well, okay, first off, can you tell me if this is like a forehead cam of me? Because the way that it's pointed at me, I told I told CD that people will check in to see what my forehead looks like. Yeah, it's and, a, oh, God. It's an eight head. Oh, God. Let's okay, see, be gentle with with the cameras, Rock. Oh Lord! <laughs> uh, how about me? Uh, as long as uh, as long as I look marvelous, 
I'm, I'm good. So I don't know why we're doing this to you guys, <laughs> but uh, pretty soon you'll be able to watch us on the on the interwebs as well. <laughs> Brooke, Carrie, Randy, come up, coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YO-HO. We've got sick of it next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Your song, your your voice, your dulcet tones to the 101 ESPN app with a mic drop by 9.15. 9.15 is when Brooke and Carrie and I and Matthew are going to determine who gets the Aerosmith tickets. And all you have to do is imitate Steven Tyler like this. the mic drop feature and sing that and the person who sings it best air quote <laughs> is going to win the Aerosmith tickets Rocky I think you need to give the listeners an example just so that they're fully aware <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> all right Randy nice try though Brooke um, I'll, I'll it's too early in the morning I'll do one later CD CD can sing no I can't get that high I, okay. I, 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 dream on dream on yeah, 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 you don't want that this early. It's 720. <laughs> it's too early. Too early. <laughs> Honestly, I think 915 is going to be too early. Uh, hey, probably. Dive right in. So, but if you're in your car and you're doing it, then it's pretty cool. Time for Sick of It here on 101 ESPN. Get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line 314 399 9646. 314 399. Yo, you know what? As a media guy, I, and Carrie always kind of jokingly says, Yeah, Randy loves the chaos. And I've always thought that I love the chaos. I'm sick of the chaos. I'm sick of the Cardinals providing me all of this material every single day. I'm really? sick of it. Yeah, I, I love the fact that people are tuning in for it. But yeah. this is not the way the Cardinals are supposed to be rolling. This is not the way they roll. This is this was the, the uh, this was the palace on the hill. This was the model organization. This is the the organization. I'll never forget. 2013 playoffs and the new ownership of the Dodgers, the, the Guggenheim group that owns the Dodgers now, had taken over and they're in the playoffs against the Cardinals and they had just, uh, they'd made trades and signed a bunch of free agents and, they, and that's when they said and they still say, yeah, we really haven't figured out what budget means yet. But somebody asked Dan Caston, the president of the Dodgers, he said, well, when you get this franchise going, what would you like it to be? And he pointed over to the, we were in the Dodgers dugout, he pointed over to the Cardinal dugout and he said, that's the model right over there. The Cardinals are not the model anymore. And I'm sick of the fact that they mm. aren't. Randy, you know what I'm sick of? I am sick of watching Wilson Contreras behind the plate. You know, this week, <laughs> it was just awful to see the calls that um, he made. Um, Hold on, no, no, let me finish. There was a 1-0 count where he threw, where he called a cutter to Jan Gomes, and Jan Gomes hit a double, and they got a two-run score. You, do you know uh, Dansby Swanson went 6-for-13 in this series, and he had five five of those hits, Randy, were doubles? Wilson Contreras behind the plate. I am sick of it. He did not call a good game. Any of the games during this series versus the Cubs, Dansby Swanson, I just told you about 
about him. That game yesterday, 10 to 4? Are we serious, Randy? Carrie, 10 to 4. Wilson, Wilson Contreras. Con- it wasn't Wilson Contreras. It was Andrew Kisner. Uh, Wilson, wait, wait, Contreras, Wilson, Wilson Contreras has been removed from catching. Uh, oh. So uh, yesterday. The, well, yesterday. What, what? Evidently, he doesn't call a good enough game. Uh, oh, but yesterday they. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I, I take it back. Ten to four. It's all Wilson. Wilson, what are you doing? Wilson, Wilson. Sick of that. Man, I mean, they—they they look so similar too. Wilson Contreras and Andrew Kisner, right? It's easy to get them mixed up. Yeah, they're—they're they're brothers. I, I've seen jokes on social media too where it was just like even where Wilson obviously is clearly in the dugout like why would he call that from the dugout why would he do that what is he doing yeah what, what is going on here 1-0 to Cutter to Jan Gomes what, 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 what why would he call that what are you thinking what are you thinking Come on. You know, Randy, you kind of got me thinking about, too, with kind of the same same similar line of thinking of where people are like, I, because I was reading you guys a message where somebody messaged me where they were like, I'm, you know, the media is overblowing this. And this is, you know, this is, this is the media that's really making this a bigger deal. My question to that is, why would we not talk about that? Why would we not? That would be, could you imagine if we had those moves this weekend and literally nobody talked about it? People would be like, oh, you're all getting paid by the Cardinals organization. You're not holding them accountable. You're not doing what your job, I could do your job. I'll hold them accountable. You know that that's what would happen. It's a huge story. There's a reason that national media felt the need to pick it up. It's not, and look, I think something that Ollie did say that was true not too long ago is that nobody is, you know, feeling bad for the St. Louis Cardinals because of your history and success. And that's kind of the point here is people know how much history and success that you have, that this is a very weird thing to happen. And I think that we need to take people behind the curtain with the media because every Monday, Wednesday and Friday, uh, in sports, we all get together on a conference call and we say, okay, what are we going to say this week? So, uh, Brooke and Carrie and Randy, all of our, everybody at our station, Frank Cusimano, uh, Martin Kilcoin, Charlie Marlowe, Jimmy Hayes, everybody gets together as the media and say, oh, what are we going to say now? <laughs> and so, the, and that happens on a national political level too. So, yeah. the media is all on the same page. They don't yes. think independently. So, we just want you to know that, that yes, you are being victimized by a group of people on a conference call three times a week. So yeah, now it's Zoom. Post COVID, <laughs> it's Zoom. And yeah, Matthew. It's it's not paranoia if the people are out to get you, Randy. The, the media is yeah. essentially the man. Yeah. So we just want you to know that we, we do not think independently here. It, it is just easier to just push it off on the media. Just like kind of a blanket, like uh, that's the true scapegoat, really. Is yeah. you know, the media just all oh, that that media, you know. Well it's yeah. you guys are listening, you're tuning in. I mean, media is a lot of the times a reflection of the public and what you care about. Brief point, you are for example, a Cardinal season ticket holder that's writing a check for $50,000 a year for four tickets. And the team just spent $87.5 million of money that you're paying for season tickets on a catcher that isn't going to catch. You don't that's think that's crazy. a story? That's crazy. I think that's a, a huge story. I think that's a story, too. Yeah. All right, text line. Matthew, what do you got? Sick of it. Sick of it. The expectations to message everyone happy birthday, even if they're your uncle's stepfather's grandchild that you've never met. If you have a birthday today, text in right now, 314-399-9646. If May 11th is your birthday, please text in with your name yes. right now. We may or may not know you, but we just want to hear somebody (laughs) because we're going to sing happy birthday. And you know what? We're going to wish you a happy birthday. And 
we, we may never know you as we walk through Schnooks and, and see you in the aisle. But we do appreciate everybody, and we are going to wish everybody, knowing them or not, a happy birthday. So, uh, I'm sick of the Cardinals front office being cheap and not signing pitchers. Yeah, it's, 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 you like that $11 million a year for Matt? It's, it's uh, clearly the catcher's fault, fellas. It is, yeah. Ladies, what are we talking about? Yeah. It's cheap. If you don't spend the $43 million, is that cheap? Like if if they would not have been too cheap, much. if they would have not have been cheap and signed Carlos Rodon and he had given the sort of production, massive production that he's given to the Yankees so far, would you be happier? Oh, but oh, he hasn't. Yeah. doesn't he have like? Isn't he? Doesn't he have a chronic injury now? Like where it's literally yeah, never yeah. going to heal 100. percent Yep. yep. Hey, okay. This one, kids from the uh, 618. My son turned one yesterday. His name is Brooks. So this is bladed. One, two, three. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Brooks. Happy birthday to you. How did you mess that part of your birthday? I was going with a different version, I guess. Hey, what's up? I don't, that was a Do different <laughs> I'm intrigued. How I don't you? know. I can't remember. All I, names. All okay. names. There was, there it was wasn't a, the name that was the, the problem. It was the happy birthday. Brooke comes from Deer. TV. She was doing the unlicensed version so oh. we can find. Whoopsies. I, maybe there's just different versions in different areas. I'll never forget uh, just a quick story. Um, we, My family and I, for birthdays growing up, we'd used to go to this hibachi restaurant and my grandmother is Japanese and she could speak Japanese and we would go to the restaurant and we took her one time and they would sing to you what we thought was in Japanese and then they came out and we were like grandma like what did you think did, they're singing in Japanese right and she's like no that's Korean <laughs> and we were like oh, oh okay let's <laughs> oh let's uh, let's get one more sick of it in there sick of it every time anything positive happens the Cardinals broadcasters keep saying maybe the Cardinals have turned the corner sick of it the Cardinals are coming, tra-la, tra-la. The Cardinals are coming, tra-la, tra-la. The Cardinals are coming, Here come the Cardinals. Game in 1988. Cardinals were having a rough year in 1988. Ken Wilson was the Cardinal broadcaster on TV at the time. And they're playing a game in San Francisco. And I think the score was 20-1 to in the top of the ninth inning. And the Cardinals score a run to make it 20-2. to And Kenny says, and here come the Cardinals. He's a beauty. Don't Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. Thanks very much for your texts. We do appreciate it. And next up, Greg Amsinger, MLB Network, is going to join us to give us his thoughts on your St. Louis Cardinals. Well, uh, maybe not yours anymore if you don't really want to have them. Next it's hours. next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, treks, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with 
Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills. So celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber gas, or charcoal grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, and we go to the Celebrity Line, Greg Amzinger, lead anchor for MLB Network. Of course, uh, of course, a product of the Lindenwood University and a native of St. Louis joins us. And Greg, as always, if you've watched MLB Network since its inception uh, in 2009, which is when we also got started here at 101 ESPN, Greg has been there from day one, and he has expressed and exhibited great pride in being a St. Louis Cardinal fan because it's such a pristine organization. So Greg joins us now. Hey, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm glad you led in that way, Randy, because there's two friends of mine, and you know a lot of mine, St. Louis friends, they, in different conversations, ask me when I'm coming back to St. Louis. And I go, ah, you know, I don't know. Is there is there a series you'd like to go see? And I'll, I'll plan to come and we'll get tickets and we'll go have a good time. These two friends who really don't hang out that much, they don't really know each other that well, both pointed to a series in August against the Oakland A's. Because they... <laughs> Because they want to make sure that they see a Cardinal win. And to me, me, that might be a low point in Cardinal fandom. You might have have standing room only in August for the Oakland A's against the St. Louis Cardinals because that's how Cardinal fans are so accustomed to winning. <laughs> I, I think that that's a good point. Greg, We, of course, we know that you've been covering everything, too, with this whole Wilson Contreras saga. And so what are your thoughts on that, and especially now, too, that we've kind of seen play out in this series with Wilson Contreras not behind the plate? Oh, man, it's tough to put it on a guy after less than 30 games of catching. And it's not like this guy has dramatically struggled behind the plate. We had Joe Madden, his former manager, won a World Series with him on one of our shows in the afternoon, the day of that story breaking. And he said, look, I trusted him. I know his catcher's ERA wasn't as low as Montero's or David Ross's in 2016, but the combination of his ability to throw, his ability to block pitches in the dirt, uh, how much he cares uh, at the plate, every one of his at-bats, He's like, we needed him playing every game um, to the optics of it, especially right before going to Wrigley Field where he has to return. I just, anytime you look at a team, you want it to be a cohesive group. And the last thing you want is for a guy that's going to be around for five years to feel isolated and called out so early. There had to be a different way to go about this. There just had to. Uh, but at the moment, there's an egg on the face in the entire front office of the St. Louis Cardinals. They got a guy that doesn't fit their system. And at some point, you have to wonder, 
is the system a bit too complicated mm-hmm. for the average catcher that's won a World Series ring that's been a multiple-time All-Star? So, uh, to me, it, it doesn't look good for the Cardinals that they've invested this much money in a question mark. And that is what they've got right now, a question mark. Greg, Buster Oney was on with Tim McKernan a few days ago, and he said the league believes that Contreras is done as an everyday catcher. Do you agree with that? If that's the case, then whoever in the front office of the St. Louis Cardinals believe this is the guy to replace Yadier Molina, then that person has to have a serious conversation with ownership. Because if that is the case, that he's done catching – um, then we've got a major problem on our hands as an organization. And I disagree with that. I, I, I think what we might have is a personality conflict. I don't think that Andrew Kisner grades out uh, so much better than Wilson Contreras behind the plate. Now, does Andrew Kisner connect with the rotation and the relievers at a different level? Uh, maybe, but Andrew Kisner's hitting 220. Uh, Wilson Contreras is in the middle of the order trying to win the game with his bat. And if he cares more about those at-bats than the average catcher, then I, 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 it's understandable. But to me, this comes down to a personality issue, not exactly – this guy can't – we're not talking about Kyle Schwarber playing left field, which he does every day, by the way, for the Philadelphia Phillies, which, by the way, they made it to the World Series <laughs> with Kyle Schwarber playing left field. And they almost won the World Series. But this is a guy who's an all-star behind the plate. He loves to throw to bases. He's an aggressive pouncer on bunts in front of him. There are things he does well. Uh, and, and, look, Gary Sanchez – just got called by the New York Mets. Hey, do you want to catch for us? There are guys that are defensive liabilities back there that are still catching. Mike Piazza was never moved full-time to first base when he was barely 32 years old. Mike Piazza was not anywhere near the defensive catcher that Wilson Contreras is. So to me, this is an organization used to one of the greatest all-time and going, ooh, you're not my ex-girlfriend. This is not. This is weird. I don't. I don't think this is working out on the third date. Well, wait a minute. Your new girlfriend got a five-year contract, so you should probably go to marriage counseling and figure something out because you got five years to deal with this person, and you got to make sure it works. Hey, Greg, as you guys talk in the office and organizationally, the Cardinals have been a smooth running machine for a long time. But on the second day of the season, the manager rips Tyler O'Neill. You tell Jordan Walker you made the team because you deal so well with adversity. Then the first time he deals with it, has adversity at the major league level, you send him down. You tell Zach Thompson he's your lefty reliever and then send him down and have him give up a year of service time to stretch out and be ready for 24 then this Contreras situation, when you guys talk in the office about just the, the optics of the Cardinals right now, what are people thinking? You know, um, they, so there's a way that people talk about things in television because we're psychotic about television. We kind of get lost in our own analogies through TV. And someone brought up an analogy that kind of works for me, but I need at least 40 seconds to explain it. In television, you have a producer. That's the person that's in your ear, and they tell you, oh, five, four, three, two, one, you're going to break. Well, when they get promoted, because they do a good job producing and typing out the show, they become the coordinating producer. And they sit in the back row and oversee the whole show, and they let the new producer make mistakes and thrive and do all of that. To me, and what we've all said, John Mozeliak is now 
sitting in the back row. He's been sitting in the back row based on his title for a while. But after this new contract, he's really letting the new regime make mistakes. The new regime thrive. He's trying to take his hands away from it as much as he can. He's still integrated, no question about that. But even he said it in his press conference. This contract is really the transition of the post Mosaic era. And the only way that's true is if he has an approach that isn't as hands-on. So all of these new decisions and ideas and things that don't feel, quote-unquote, normal to Cardinal fans, understand that the president of baseball operations signed a, uh, his final contract, and I asked him on MLB Network, it sounds like a swan song here. Is this by far your last deal? He goes, I think this is what we're doing. Yes. He's transitioning to hand this organization off, this front office off, to a new regime, new decision makers. And if John Mosellock's doing that, he can't be micromanaging. He has to sit back and let some decisions fail and fall flat. So to me, that's what this is. This is the producer who everyone's used to producing the show, now taking a step back to the back row and even though he's been in the back row for a couple of years, he was micromanaging the show anyway. But now he realizes that his time has come where the finish line is, is in, in plain sight. So he's getting the front office to understand he's not calling all the shots to get you guys good at it before I walk out the door when my contract's over. So to me and to other people at the network, that's what this feels like. Got it. Well, I think what's interesting about that, too, is he is still here, and I assume that he would be a big part of bringing in Wilson Contreras as well. So you would think that he would be a little bit more hands-on with this and bringing in a catcher for five years, $87.5 million. No, he was definitely in the mix of signing Wilson Contreras. But how this is working going forward, as after he signed this last contract, there are, there's a new plan in place of how decisions are made. And it's not just all John Mozeliak. And that was per usual that all Cardinal fans are used to. Everyone in media was used to it. So now he has to understand that at some day, at some point, he's not the guy with the accountability. And the only way this organization thrives is if the new faces of accountability start making decisions. And to me, that's what's going on right now. There are a lot of John Mozeliak haters, a lot of them in St. Louis. I'm dumbfounded by it. I really am. And I still try to tell my friends in St. Louis, the one thing I've learned about baseball, and you can tell probably through the wear and tear of my vocal cords at the age of 43, (laughs) it's a long season. It is a really long season. I'm not deciding that my performance of the 2023 MLB Tonight season has been a dumpster fire because I had five bad shows in the month of April and May, which I didn't, by the way. But I'm just giving this as an example. You know what I mean? But there's a lot of shows left. There are a lot of games left. There are still big-time stars on this team. And when things start to click, and let's just assume they will, there's no – There's no other organization that you can assume it'll click for other than the Cardinals who have all the pedigree on their side. And, oh, by the way, they play in the worst division in baseball. It's not even close. Well, my follow-up question that would be, with this whole Wilson Contreras situation, even though you don't like the way that this played out, it really exposes the starting pitching, right, where you're able to see, okay, what do we need to do to solve this moving forward, right? Yeah, I mean, the starting pitching is the number one issue. We were all talking about it before opening day. The depth of ro- the rotation health and talent isn't what it should be uh, if you're trying to win the World Series. They had enough uh, to 
potentially win the division because we assumed the lineup with all of these position players was going to click and someone was going to take off and become another all-star to join Goldschmidt and Arnato. Um, and so many people assumed it was going to be Jordan Walker. But we didn't assume that the team ERA would be one of the worst in all of baseball. That was not what was expected. And I think it's unfair to drop all of that on Wilson Contreras. This is not a situation where fans expected the Cardinals to have one through five a rotation that would be mentioned in the same breath with the Milwaukee Brewers, the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, even the Texas Rangers, all the money they spent in their rotation. So we knew going in that this was the weak link of of the organization. To put it on a guy that you just paid over $80 million to and say he's the reason is is ridiculous. Ask Yadier or Molina. He would have told you. It's, it would have been tough sledding. Put calling pitches for this group of pitchers. It's not what it used to be. So they're going to have to address it if they want to win. The one thing I will say is by making such knee-jerk reactions and decisions this early in the season, to me, it means that the decision-makers – still believe they have a chance to win and they're not just waving the white flag early on because there's so many games out of first place behind the Pittsburgh Pirates who are what one and eight in the month of May the first place team in the NL Central is one and eight in the month of May and they're still in first place so I think the Cardinals feel good about their chances to be relevant still in this really bad division. Greg, I was telling them earlier, I don't think this ever goes away. I think this is going to linger with them all season because whenever a starting pitcher doesn't perform well and they have a bad outing, you're still going to be saying, well, is it is it on Contreras? It's must, it must be the pitching as opposed to the catcher. Yeah, look, the problem is the pitchers are the ones that, with the new technology today, they can, they can essentially call their game. And for them to say, ah, I don't like it. I talked to Dan Plesak, pitched 18 years in the big leagues. I go, the psychology of throwing to a guy that you're comfortable with compared to throwing to a guy that you don't like. And he said, it's a big deal if uh, the catcher is all about his previous at-bat, and that's the number one priority. If he's thinking about what's going on with him at the plate and he's not fully invested in everything you're doing, he's like, there's a big difference. I go, give me the, an example of a catcher who all he cared about was what you were throwing. Now, keep in mind, Dan wasn't even a starter. He later stages of this catcher they brought up, he was a, a middle reliever with the Pirates. He said, Jason Kendall was everything you want to throw to. He wasn't even a big target, but he said all he cared about was you succeeding. And he, all he cared about was what was coming out of your hand. You never felt anything but his undivided attention and focus. I think Cardinal pitchers have been spoiled for two decades with Yadier Molina, who was so invested in everything that was coming out of their hand. To me, you don't need to bench Contreras. I think you need a really nice therapist to talk to all of the pitchers <laughs> and understand that daddy's not coming home. The new stepfather <laughs> is just fine. Don't run away. Don't pack up and leave the family. It's okay. We need a therapist for the pitchers. So basically, Wilson Contreras is getting a little, you're not my pa. <laughs> yes, yes, I I mean, you had the best pa in the world. Daddy was awesome. Yadier Molina is one of the greatest defensive catchers of all time. This is a tough act to follow. I totally understand that. Wilson Contreras had the chops and the gusto and confidence to take it on. He wanted to take on the, the guy that replaces Yadier Molina. It's hard to replace a legend. It is. And he's wearing it right now for making that decision. We need to get all the pitchers on board to understand Yadier's not coming back. 
And I don't care who you sign. I don't care who you bring up to put behind the plate. No one else is going to be out of your Molina. Those are Hall of Fame instincts. Level you're not going to see again because catchers aren't allowed to call games the way Yachty was when he was growing up with two other brothers who were in the big leagues doing the same thing. This is unlike anything you'll ever see. So put it in the past. You have the stuff to thrive. Yachty proved it when he was working with you before, and he's over it. This is your new stepfather. He loves you. He loves you. <laughs> All right. Hey, Greg, one more baseball thing. And this is a tweet from a former Cardinal farmhand, a guy named Paul Schwendel, who pitched for Peoria a couple of years ago. And he tweeted last week, true story. Our director of player development for the Cardinals came to town when I was playing in their system in Peoria two years ago and told us to stop trying to strike people out. Throw fastballs down the middle and have the hitters on base or out in three pitches. What do you think about that philosophy? Well, that look, there, there have been outside-the-box philosophies that that have been awkward and, to me, uh, historically odd. Uh, J.D. Martinez was DFA'd, DFA'd by the Houston Astros because they told him, stop swinging at the first pitch. I'll never forget being on MLB tonight, and he hit a home run opposite field on the first pitch. And this was during the Jeff Luno uh, era, and he was DFA'd. J.D. Martinez was DFA'd after swinging at a first pitch and hit an opposite field home run because it was uh, the memo sent out to all of their hitters. No one swings at the first pitch in this organization. So why would they say throw fastballs right down the middle? They're caring about the wear and tear of their pitchers. We are all obsessed with prospects and their performance in the minor leagues. Well, front offices really don't care. How many guys do you see get called up from double-A who have an ERA over five? Jack Leiter was one of the top three picks uh, a couple of years ago in the draft. He, he, it looks like he's not kicking anybody out. Well, they've got him in the minor leagues working on one pitch. Throw it all the time. We know your fastball plays. They don't care if guys are getting anybody out. What they want to see is velocity and spin rate. So these are new approaches. This is a new game plan. Moneyball didn't make sense to a lot of people at the time. But looking back, you go, ah, I get it now. They all try to have a cutting-edge philosophy that no one else is doing that will pan out in the long run. It's a game of chess, and people play it differently. Greg, last thing. Here we are. It's Thursday morning. So you've got Thursday, Friday, Saturday to prepare for Mother's Day. How are you doing? You you up to date? You ready to go for Mother's Day? So hey, you can probably hear construction going behind me. <laughs> I, I, I am moving out of my house today. I got movers all throughout my house. I am standing in golf clothes that don't match. Which, if you know me, <laughs> oh, no. they if match. you know me, that pains me. Like I, I didn't have time to actually put a stellar golf uh, attire together. So I'm standing barefoot in my backyard that is not my backyard as of Friday morning. Uh, and we're listen to this. <laughs> the new house we bought, we can't take over until July 1st, and we're going to be living uh, like uh, <laughs> what's that? What's that uh, show? Uh, Shit's Creek or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to be living in adjoining hotel rooms. Me, my wife, my two kids, and our cat. Okay? And luckily, this hotel is right next <laughs> to the club. So <laughs> I'm going to be walking. I'm going to be walking barefoot across the street to uh, my golf course to play every day. <laughs> Every day, I have no shame. 
that I need golf to get me through this psychologically. We all need things. And I hope Cardinal pitchers are listening right now. You Go get a therapist. It works for me. It's okay. I'm not going to blame Wilson Contreras because I'm standing barefoot in a construction zone right now. Okay? And- I did this to myself. I did this to myself. So in, in a, a, a roundabout way, you just told us that for Mother's Day, Eric is getting a house, which is very nice of you, <laughs> yeah, sir. Exactly. <laughs> you got the best gift in the world. And my mom, I feel bad. Mom, I forgot about you this year. Actually, mom, because of the house, I'm broke this year. I buy you anything. Man, my wife's gotten taken care of for Mother's Day. You're the best. Thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Have a great weekend, and we'll always be watching. All right, take care, guys. See you. Thanks, Greg. See you later. Greg Amzinger, MLB Network on 101 ESPN. We've got a quick Teoli coming your way next on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? We'll put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, set it right back. Get your text into 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Okay, guys, take it or leave it. Text in uh, right now, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YO-HO. Okay, we talked a lot about the Cardinals perhaps extending Jordan Montgomery. Take it or leave it. Jordan Montgomery is a member of the Cardinals on August 1st. Oh. Trade deadline. Matthew Libertor in the minors. I'll take it. He's a free agent. Cardinals bring out of the race. He's going to he's gonna resign. Hmm, okay. Because, again, it, it, it boils down to how much people want and you you believe that even if he is 5 and 14 that he's going to have a lot of suitors i i just don't think that'll be the case and so i think he's going to have to resign and and if his agent is smart they kind of you kind of have to it's like predicting the market you his have agent to see is smart where Scott Boris. yeah i'm saying you have to <laughs> yeah you have to see where where everything is going and right now it's not trending in a good direction for him record wise and and run support wise so i would be trying to get a contract now. Jordan Montgomery, minimum, minimum, mark my words, gets 125 over five. Minimum. I could see that. I'll take that. Yeah. If I'm if I'm the Cardinals, we, we get that done. Yeah. And here's the biggest thing about Montgomery. He's given the Cardinals already 46 innings this year. Last year, he threw 178. The year before that, 157. He's a guy that gives his team innings, which is, in this day and age, really, really, especially for the Cardinals, really important. Yes. Randy, take it or leave it. Anthony Davis will be in street clothes tomorrow. Take it. Okay. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's all. I'm going to yeah, take sore it too. <laughs> yep. Sore back. How long you had it? Oh, about a week back. About a week back. <laughs> take it or leave it, guys. That was a good That was a good dad joke. That was a good dad joke. I like that one. Uh, take it or leave it, guys. And we could, ta- we could dive into this more a little bit later, too. That Wayno, he'll be starting Friday, right? Wilson Contreras will be behind the plate. Leave it. No, I think I just think I think if you have a plan of getting him behind the plate, this is a good opportunity to do so. Wayno calls it can call his own game. If you're trying to get some more confidence back in him, I don't know. I don't I don't think it's the craziest idea. The Cardinals have not been all over good optics lately. And I think if you're going to sit a guy down for a couple of weeks, you have to sit him down for a couple of weeks. 
I mean, is it really going to be four games that he figures out these complicated cardinal processes? But was it him? And I mean, even yeah, in, in even but, even in this okay in this series where you saw Andrew Kisner behind the plate, and that has nothing to do with Andrew, I think it's still clear that it's the starting pitching. Yes, but that's irrelevant to them because they already blamed Contreras. They're about optics. That would be, I don't know. Yeah, The thing is, is I think I would be pleasantly surprised, but I see your point for sure. It's just, it's, it's who they are. That's why we won't see Jordan Walker either. It, well, that and... 130 in the minors or whatever he's hitting. Uh, Matthew, what, got, what you got on the old text line there? When John Denton didn't mention that he was going to catch Bueno's bullpen, I was I was hoping that would be the case. Also, just for like the delineation of at-bats, like just breaking up the at-bats, like it would make sense to one start every five for him to be behind there just to get Gorman and Burleson and DH and things like that. Uh, take it or leave it. Baseball has changed more in the last two years than in the previous 100 years. I'm going to leave that. Yeah. I'll give you five years. Over a hundred, but it has the the fact that you've had uh, you've gone through the opener and you don't have it anymore. The, the stupid stuff, but the rule changes have been pretty dramatic, and the advent of just the hardcore analytics absolutely are a huge change in the game. It's too much, yeah. It's hadn't been for the best. It's too much. Well, the problem is, is that the the numbers people took over, and they don't care about action or. A compelling product. All they care about is, well, does the math equation work? How's our algorithm? I would like to know how many of those people actually played, and and, and the reason why—not that you have to play the sport to to talk about it or or understand it—but when you are making decisions solely based off of a number or what you project the numbers to be, it, it doesn't it doesn't always pan out that way. And so I would like to know how many of them actually played the game so that they can understand that even though they have a, a great set of numbers that are going to show them what they think should happen, it, it, it won't always work that way. So all four of the conference semifinals games in the NBA right now are at 3-2. So this texter says, take it or leave it, at least two of the teams down 3-2 win their series. Yeah, I'll take it. Golden State's going to win. Teams down right now are the Knicks. Warriors, 76ers, or sorry, I mean, I mean Celtics, excuse me, and Suns. I could see the Celtics coming back. I could see the Knicks. I think the West back. is what both West teams come back. I'm a little doubtful right now. Right, I'm a little doubtful right now about the that's Warriors. That's not what Rock, you, know, you, weren't, you weren't talking about the Warriors. Oh, no, Suns are coming back. Get out of here. Get out of here. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. And thank you very much for your texts. We do appreciate them. Coming up. How, how good can the Cardinals be with this starting rotation? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. fastball and neither Mosby pitches were the shapes they normally are and they really made an adjustment to get them back to where they were so kind of just had to grind yeah I was cutting my change up usually means I'm over rotating so kind of just tried to make some adjustments but then really just kind of floated them up and away and uh, never found the middle ground there 
That's Cardinal starter Jordan Montgomery. He was a loser last night. Fell to two and five after starting two and zero on the season. He allowed five runs on seven hits, struck out three, and walked three last night. And Brooke Carey, as you look at the Cardinals right now, and you look at the starting rotation specifically, Flaherty two and four with a six point one eight earned run average. Michaelis one and one with a five point four zero. By the way, two decisions in eight starts for Michaelis. As we mentioned, Montgomery now 2-5 and five with a 4.11. Steven Matz 0-4 with a 5.70. And then Jake Woodford, who has been uh, deposed now, is 1-2 with a 5.40. Adam Wainwright, only one start under his belt, but it was not great. Although he told us yesterday he thought he threw well enough. But the question becomes, how far down the line do you go? Michaelis is going to be pitching for you all year long. Mm-hmm. But... Flaherty and Montgomery are free agents after this year. Steven Matz, you, you got rid of Zach Thompson, sent him down. Steven Matz pitched well out of the bullpen last year. So how far down the line do you go with this group of starting pitchers? Well, and this is what was interesting. I asked you guys this during the break that kind of goes back to Steven Matz. Are you surprised that they were able to pull the trigger so quickly on Wilson Contreras, but not on Steven Matz? Because remember, they were even considering skipping his his last mm-hmm. start but they went with him anyways I mean the thing is is I think we all knew this right with the Wilson Contreras situation moving his job changing his position we knew that the problems weren't going to go away I felt like we all figured that and it really didn't none of the Cardinals starting pitchers recorded a quality start in the series none of the starters recorded an out in the sixth, sixth inning during the series as well I mean we knew that those problems weren't going to go away just because Wilson Contreras moved. And I felt like this series, even though it's a small sample size, kind of showed that. Here's the thing. I think they did think the problems were going to go away, which is a problem in itself. If you feel like that the catcher that was calling the game or, or helping to make some of those decisions wasn't the right person, and then you go out and now you're still having some of those same issues, that's what I said earlier. This story is going to linger the entire season if the starting pitchers don't perform, and that was the problem to begin with. And I wonder if, in the specific case of Mats, they feel like, with Contreras, they have an alternative. I wonder if they just don't have the confidence yet in the alternatives for Mats. Now, Matthew Libertor is 3-1 and one with a 2.77 in seven starts, 39 innings down in Memphis. Gordon Graceffo, probably not an option right now, 1-2 and two with a 4.91. Dakota Hudson, 1-1 one and one with a 5.40. Uh, Michael McGreevy has been called up to Memphis, and he's 2-0 with a 2.41. But the people that seem to be closest to the majors are experiencing the same thing in Memphis that the Cardinal starters are experiencing here. So if it's not Matt's, Libertor would be the logical one. But do you want to put Libertor into this culture right now where you don't trust the catcher? No. Well, and here's another question. We talked about optics with the Cardinals earlier. Do you think that bringing up Matthew Libertor is kind of them essentially throwing in the towel with the starting rotation that it didn't pan out like they were wanting it to? I think that that would be easy to read into it. Yeah. And I, I also, in terms of optics, believe that. And they also don't want to... You already did Contreras. Do you want to put another $44 million in the bullpen? It, uh, that's the way, if you're the front office, I, I, I tweeted last weekend when they demoted Contreras. How do you explain that to the owner? Now you're going to go to the owner and say, well, we're also going to put your four your $44 million lefty in the bullpen. I don't think you can throw in the towel on this season or, or make those. I mean, I, I the Wilson Contreras decision was a head scratcher, but I don't think you can just throw it in right now because you're eight games back. 
And as you heard Greg say, the team that's leading the division was one and eight. Is one and eight in the month of May. They are one and nine in their last ten games, and you're still only eight games back, despite playing probably the worst baseball that I have seen in my entire life from the St. Louis Cardinals. No, I'm saying I'm saying not throwing in the towel with the season. I'm saying okay. that you're admitting that the starting rotation is not oh, well, doing well. So they should have done that a while ago. They're trying to salvage the yes. season yes. by bringing yes. somebody else up. Yes, that that's admitting. Because look, we how many times did we talk about it? Everybody talk about it. Starting pitching, where everybody's a little surprised that they didn't address that, going out and getting just another arm for the starting rotation. And during spring training, you're kind of of like, okay, this is fine, but you don't take those games as seriously. But now as the season has started, I mean, the Cardinals starting pitchers have recorded only six wins in their last 38 games this season. Going and combined six for 16. That's That seems like a very glaring issue. So even if your offense is putting up, I know that you guys predicted, right, Kerry, eight like runs. Eight, eight runs yep. a game. Sometimes that doesn't even work out in those yeah. situations. The the thing that is intriguing to me, the Cardinals starters, there are six starters that they've had this season. They have a total of seven quality starts mm-hmm. amongst them guy, those guys. There are four pitchers in major leagues that have seven quality starts That's themselves. Amazing. Yeah, their entire staff does not have has seven total. That that is the problem. You can blame you can place the blame on one person if you would like, but there Thanks, are Dusty five Blake. or six guys. Oh, well, I wasn't talking about him. Oh, okay, <laughs> there are five or six guys, five and six guys that have not performed to the level that they need to, and that's really where the onus needs to be placed. That's Kerry. That's Brooke. I'm Randy. Coming up, we've got the Bird Watch for you here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the Opening Drive. All right, time for a little chirp, chirp. It's bird watch time here on 101 ESPN. There it is. There's a bird watch. Brooke, did you hear the bird? There's oh, a bird there for you. Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. It's very beautiful. Uh, my bird watch is going to be kind of what we were talking about earlier. Just Matthew Libertor. I just want everybody to just check in on how Libby's doing, and he's doing pretty well in the minors right now. Seven games, three wins, 2.77 ERA. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying we're just checking in on Libby and seeing how he's doing right now. And I would say that he's doing pretty well. I like that, too, you get a little bit concerned when you hear sometimes when a pitcher has to, like, tweak things and how he's going to look after that. But after an offseason of kind of changing things, it's really paid off well for him. And I feel like he's doing all the right things. I would be intrigued to see him up here. I think there are spots of it that, that should be available. Wouldn't you rather at this point, all due respect to Jack Flaherty, wouldn't you rather see Matthew Libertor getting a chance than Jack Flaherty? And then where do you put Jack Flaherty? I'm not yeah. there yet. I'm yeah. not. I'm not. Not yet. I still think Jack, I, I, I don't know if it's injury because we can't assume that he's injured or that his shoulder is not working at the, the level that it once did. I'm not ready to say that he's not supposed to be a starter. This is a guy that we thought would be the ace of the staff. But he's not getting and, any better. At worst, he's—I mean, he's—he's he's better than a few of the guys that are there now. Well, one for sure. Mets. Yeah, I think that's a coin flip. Based I do on, not. Based on their their performance this year, I would mm. say that it's a coin flip. 
I don't I don't agree with that at That's all. That's fair. I think That's, I think I, I would take six point one ERA, five point seven ERA. If you were had to choose, you would take Jack. I would take Jack Flaherty over Matt's right now. Uh, six and one half doesn't do the other. They're both terrible. <laughs> Uh, okay, I, I, yeah, that's we we can we can agree to disagree. There you go. I mean, we can agree that they're both terrible. Oh, we can. Oh, yeah, we can probably agree that. Also, maybe their best best long middle reliever. They made a decision for 2024 in May of 2023, which is problematic. Yeah, Zach Thompson. I mean, that's that's bad. <laughs> just, gonna, just a bird chirp after that. <laughs> uh, for me, mine is Jordan Montgomery. We've talked about what this season looks like for him, what next season looks like for him. Right now, I said the Cardinals have seven quality starts. He has five of them. And I, I know you, you disagree, Randy, and some of the Texans disagree. I do not believe that if you have a losing record, and I'm talking – 10 games, uh, 5 and 15, 5 and 12. I don't believe you're going to get that deal. And somebody would have to show me where a pitcher has struggled in terms of how poorly their team is performing and how poorly their record is, where they're able to get one of those massive contracts. Because regardless of what you say, unless you're out there 5 and 12 and you are. 1.3 1.3 ERA, which you probably wouldn't be 5-12 and 12 if your ERA is 1.3. I don't think that that huge contract is going to come into play. So my bird watch is watching how Jordan Montgomery continues to go out and perform on the mound. And how does that impact, because, impact his play going forward? Because if you're not getting the results and getting the wins that you need, eventually it does become about, well, how is this going to impact my future financially? I'm not getting the things that I need from my team. I'm not getting the help. And then when I do get help, I'm going out there and struggling. It's going to, it can weigh down on you. And so I want to see how he continues to perform. This is not 5-12, and 12, but Jacob deGrom won back-to-back Cy Young's going 10-9 and nine and 11-8. and eight. But what was his ERA? 1.7 and 2.43. So under under 3. Meaning yeah. meaning I am doing everything I can to help my team and they can't get me 3 runs. Again, I just feel like if you are having those moments 3.5, 3.6 and you're and you're 5 and 12, you're you're leading people to believe that you're part of the problem and it's not just your team. Even if that's not the case. Uh, yeah, I, I think the teams, especially in the analytics era, they're not going to look at the one loss record. I think they're going to look at the the other peripheral numbers, and that's what he'll. That's what. He, and by the way, that's the way Boris will sell it too. Uh, he should, as he should. Yeah, he should blame it on everybody except yep. for his guy. That's his job. But and but our job, and and I just find it. I don't think that any St. Louis Cardinal fan would be okay taking a pitcher that had a five and twelve record and a 3.6, 3.7 ERA and saying this guy is going to be the ace of your staff or the number two pitcher. No one would believe it. People would be up in arms. People would be losing their minds if you were told that that was going to happen. I think he's established at the age of 30 that he's not a number one, but I do think that he's capable of being a number two. And what? I don't know if the Cardinals can find a number you one. You always need like a top-end starter, right? Like you, you like that like one-two punch. I don't think that he would be an ace of the staff. I don't think that's the expectation. But other than this, Alnick, I think I think that he's been the most impressive and at least has the most trajectory of getting you a little bit further, deeper into these games. Yeah, he's been pretty good. Oh. Whoa. There we go. The Boston Red Sox are the opponent this weekend, and Boston... (laughs) 
they've had a rough go of it, but they're still in the playoff hunt as of right now. They're twenty-two and sixteen, and they don't have the most impressive group of players. This just goes to show that if you are well coached and well drilled in the fundamentals, that you can give yourself a chance to win. I look at Connor Wong and Kristen, Tristan Casas and Christian Arroyo and Kike Hernandez. Rafael Devers is a really nice player. Uh, they lost Trevor Story before the season. They they lost Andrew Bogarts in free agency. They have uh, Masataka Yoshida in left field. They have Jaron Duran in center. They have Alex Verdugo in right. Boston does not have an array of superstars, but they're still 22-16 and 16 in the AL East, and they're still a team that right now would be a playoff team. By the way, at 22 and 16, the team's starting ERA is 29th in baseball at 6.01. Just goes to show that if you're willing to play defense, if you're willing to run the bases, you can get away with a lot of shortcomings. And that's something that as you watch Boston over the weekend, you'll be able to see. That is my bird watch here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, Matthew, do you have a fighter? We do have a fighter, oh. and we'll have a fight next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the red corner, average Joe listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Please welcome Randy Carricker. Opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Jim. Jim, how you doing? Good morning, Brooke. Good morning. We 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 <laughs> just we couldn't hear you for a second there. Oh yeah. <laughs> Can you hear me okay now? Yeah, we got you now. Okay, great. Are you ready to take on Randy? I sure am. <laughs> All right, here we go. Kenley okay. Jansen joined the 400 Save Club at, as its seventh member who is the only player ever to pitch for the Cardinals on that short list? Dennis Eckersley, Raleigh Fingers, or Lee Smith? I'll go with Lee Smith. Who holds the mark for the most career passing yards in NFL history by a left-handed quarterback? Is it Boomer Esiason, Steve Young, or Mark Brunel? I'll say Steve Young. Last night marked Justin Verlander's 33rd career start going at least seven innings pitched while allowing two or fewer hits, tying Roger Clemens and Randy Johnson for second most in the modern era. Who is number one on that list with a colossal 62 times? Oh, I'm sorry. Sandy Koufax, <laughs> Nolan Ryan. I was giving you the Randy character style. <laughs> Sandy Koufax, Nolan Ryan, or Clayton Kershaw? Okay. Can you just repeat the question real quick yep, for me? I can. Last night marked Justin Verlander's 33rd career start going at least seven innings pitched while allowing two or fewer hits, tying Roger Clemens and Randy Johnson for second most in the modern era. Who is number one on that list with a colossal 62 starts? Nolan Ryan. Who is the only Hall of Fame pitcher to defeat all 30 current Major League Baseball clubs? Is it Greg Maddox, Randy Johnson, or Pedro Martinez? Uh, let's see. All 30 clubs. 
Well, let's see. I'll say Pedro Martinez since he pitched in both leagues. All right, we will double-check the score, and we will bring in Randy Carricker. All right, Jim, how you feeling? Well, you know, I was pretty confident when I started, but all the answers sounded – all the choices sounded right. When you did. <laughs> that, so, means, that means Rock did a really good job. <laughs> yes, he did. Oh, yeah. he'll he love did. that. He will love that. <laughs> Randy is coming in. He's eating a banana and drinking a propel, and he's uh, ready to go. Say I'm, I'm ready to rock. Say hello to Jim, Randy. Jim, good morning. How you doing? I'm doing great, Randy. I should have had a Propel this morning. Propel's <laughs> really good for you. Good? Yeah, good for you. What flavor is that? Black that's cherry. That's my favorite. That's oh. black cherry, brother. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really good. <laughs> no, thanks. So it's, you Carrie's stay hydrated. Too, obviously. <laughs> Drink a Propel today, kids, and stay hydrated. I feel I like you it. should have a sponsorship. I've never Definitely. seen someone drink so much Propel in my entire life. And Dr. Pepper. Diet Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Nobody does it better, right? I, I just appreciate that you called me a kid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Randy, here we go. All right. Kenley Jansen joined the 400 Save Club as its seventh member. Who is the only pitcher to ever pitch for the Cardinals on that short list? Uh, so Who is the only pitcher to career, pitch for the Cardinals that is on so that short Lee list? Lee Smith would be the one with, what, 474, 478, whatever he has. But, yeah, he's – so on that short list of seven guys, which obviously includes – Hoffman and Mariano Rivera and Billy Wagner and, and K-Rod is in there and Big Lee is in there. So yeah, uh, uh, in that group of seven, he would be the only one that pitched for the Cardinals that would be there. Who holds the mark for the most career passing yards in NFL history by a left-handed quarterback? Right off the bat, I'm thinking Steve Young. Um... It's not Bobby Douglas, who was a lefty for the Bears back in the 70s. It's probably not Tua. It's a left-handed quarterback. It's got to be between Stabler and Young. And I think I'm going to go with Steve Young. All right, Randy. Last night marked Justin Verlander's 33rd career start, going at least seven innings pitched while allowing two or fewer hits, tying Roger Clemens and Randy Johnson for second most in the modern era. Who is number one on that list with a colossal 62 starts? 62 starts, seven, seven innings, innings or pitched, more, two innings, two, two hits, or few hits. Or two fewer. or fewer hits. I'm going to go with the guy that had all the no hitters and pitched 27 years. I'm going to go with Nolan Ryan. 27 years he pitched. That was a long time. Yeah. Who is the only Hall of Fame pitcher to defeat all 30 current Major League Baseball clubs? Okay. uh, Randy Johnson, obviously, because he pitched for the Yankees and Mariners and then pitched for the Diamondbacks, Astros, Expos, would be logical. Clemens didn't pitch for any other National League teams besides Houston. Maddox, with interleague play, Maddox could have done it. So I'm going to go Maddox or Unit. And let's see, interleague play started in 1997. Maddox pitched until about 2010. I'm going to roll the dice here. I think on, oh, you know what? No, I'm still going to go Randy Johnson. I was going to say that he hadn't had much of an opportunity to beat the Diamondbacks, but he did pitch for 
obviously Houston and San Francisco. I'll do the lifeline. What the heck? I got the lifeline there. Okay. Greg Maddox, Randy Johnson, or Pedro Martinez? Well, that narrows it down. <laughs> that narrows it down a little bit. So Maddox is there. Maddox could be the guy. Oh, no, 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 no. Be, I'm going to just play the odds here because Johnson pitched in both leagues and Maddox never pitched in the American League. I'm going to, I'm going to go with Randy Johnson. Another close fight, another one-question win, and this one came down to the final question. Randy Carricker vacillating between two Hall of Fame pitchers. Did he make the right decision? Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby. Good job, Rock. Thank you very much. Another 3-2 win. I'm very sorry, Jim. Randy got that last one right at the very end, and he beat you with it. It happens, Jim. It happens. Let's go through those questions. You both got number one right. Kenley Jansen joined the 400 Save Club. The only person on that seven-member list who pitched for the St. Louis Cardinals was, in fact, Lee Smith, who holds the record for the most career passing yards in NFL history by the Southpaw by five thousand by just over by almost five thousand yards. Boomer Esiason with oh, thirty-seven thousand wow. nine hundred twenty tops Steve Young's thirty-three thousand hundred twenty-four. Uh, last night marked Justin Verlander's thirty-three career thirty-third career start with seven inning pitch while allowing two or fewer hits. He's right there with Roger Clemens and Randy Johnson. The leader with sixty-two is Nolan Ryan, almost double anybody else Crazy. in Major League Baseball history, and the only Hall of Fame pitcher to defeat all thirty current Major League Baseball clubs. Good thing you went with the gut. Randy Johnson is correct. So a 3-2 win for Randy with that answer of Randy Johnson. Thank you so much, Jim, for joining the show and joining the fight today. Okay, thanks, everybody. It was a good time. Thank you. Thank Thank you very much. Great to have you with us on 101 ESPN. Coming up, is this Cardinal coaching staff getting the most out of the talent that they have? We'll answer that question. Plus, we're going to promote what you need to do to win Aerosmith tickets coming up on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. I know some VI, you know, some executive VPs and executives and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, one of the big catchphrases we we talk about it in sports. One of the big catchphrases in 2023 is synergy, right? Synergy. You want to create synergy among your your corporation. So here's what we're doing. We've got this mic drop feature with the 101 ESPN app that we want to promote. We want you to have the app. And we also have tickets to give away. So what we've done today is create synergy by providing you a motivation to download the 101 ESPN app and use the mic drop feature. And if you use it correctly, you can win Aerosmith tickets. Here's what you need to do. Go see Aerosmith with special guests of the Black Crows on October 26th at Enterprise Center. Tickets for the farewell tour are on sale now, and you can get all the ticket details and find a bonus chance to win to register tickets at 101ESPN.com or on the 101 app. But here's how we're going to pick our winner today for Aerosmith tickets for October 26th at Enterprise Center. Get the 101 ESPN app, click on that mic drop, and mic drop us as you imitate Aerosmith. Stay 
And the person who best imitates Steven Tyler will get the Aerosmith tickets. And that's coming up at 9.15. We're going to hear your mic drops. <laughs> oh, this is going to be epic. Epic is the word that I was thinking. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. I Fantastic. can't wait. I want. I just, I, I can't do it whatsoever. Somebody texted in, they don't want to hear me sing ever again. I'm sorry. You're from, Uh, where are you from? I'm from the Music City, but... Can you sing? No. Everyone from there could sing, right? Well, and I told you guys during one of the breaks (laughs) that I can't tell you how many, and I'm not joking, so many people, when I tell them I'm from Nashville, they're like, oh, can you sing? I'm like, what? Like, did I miss out on (laughs) being born? They're like, and here is vocal talent. I wish, if only... Mm. I mean, I was there in the Music City. Maybe I could have done something with that. But could have taken lessons. Yeah. No, well, I don't think. Had, I don't have that you, ability. You, you've had your, your, you've done some things. in, a, in With a, my vocal talent. Yeah, well, yeah. 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 Uh, guys, Just not singing. Not singing. <laughs> Question for the crew. When you look at this Cardinal roster, and you see that a couple of years ago, Tyler O'Neill had a 9-12 OPS and hit 34 home runs. When you see that Jordan Walker did what he did last year in the minors and in spring training, when you look at the roller coaster ride that Jordan Hicks has been on, when you look at the regression of a guy like Steven Matz, who won 14 games, was 14-7 and with a 3 ERA for the Blue Jays a couple of years ago, when you look at a guy like uh, Jordan Montgomery, is it safe or fair to blame the Cardinal coaching staff? And this is everybody. Dusty Blake, the pitching coach. Turner Ward, the, the hitting coach. You've got Stubby Clapp. And by the way, the team isn't playing nearly as well defensively as it has in the past. But you've got Stubby Clapp and Pop Warner and uh, the, the rest of the crew. Is it fair to put any of the onus for the lack of production of these players relative to previous production on the, the coaching staff? Unfair. And that's because you are a major league baseball player. You're a professional, and it's your job. The The job of a coach is to prepare you for the game. Your job is to do your job in that game. All they can do is give you the information, give you an idea, give you the numbers that may show you what could, t- what could take place in that at bat, at that person's at bat while you're in the field. But they can't make you read and react or do the things that are required to be a professional baseball player or a professional athlete. It's your job when you're on that field to do the best you can and have the best outcome. I do think, though, I I do understand professional athletes doing what they need to do. But isn't it on the coaching staff to come up with a game plan and philosophy of the team and identity or help them at least find that identity of the season? I think it's very interesting, and we've talked about it so much, that there's been such a drop, a dramatic drop when it comes to fundamentals and also not trying to make excuses. But it does seem like kind of the perfect storm if you had the exit of some of your coaching staff and uh, Jeff Albert Mm -hmm. and Maddox as well. I mean, Maddox is you know, a coach for a long time and he knew those pitchers really, really well, that you have that change come in at the same time as a new catcher coming in, how much that affected this team and how they game plan. I mean, think about that. That's a, That has to be a dramatic difference because every single coach is going to have a different way that they approach the game planning and even how they approach prep with the players. And Dave Duncan was a perfect example of that, right? Guys like Woody Williams, a 500 pitcher everywhere where else, but was like a 650 pitcher here. You look at a guy like Jeff Supon who comes in, 500 pitcher everywhere else, a 600, 625 pitcher here. Kent Bottenfield won 18 games with the Cardinals in 1999. It was unbelievable. Chris Carpenter pitched better under Dunk than anywhere else he ever pitched. There are certain individuals that have the ability to get the most out of 
their charges. Dick Vermeil mm-hmm. always said the thing that he was proudest of as a coach was that he was able to get people to do things that they didn't think they can do. I go back, guys, to Tony LaRusso wanting to bench David Freeze right before the 2011 playoffs started. And Mark McGuire tells the story. I'm driving down 40. I'm on the phone with Tony, and he's saying, I'm going to bench Freeze. And McGuire, McGuire says, don't do it. Don't do it. Because McGuire had that connection with the hitter, and if he benches Freeze right before the playoffs in 2011, you don't win that. It, it you don't happen. even. Yeah. So I, I think that coaching plays a huge role in maximizing talent, and whether these players, maybe Tyler O'Neill was a one-year wonder, maybe Stephen Matz was a one-year wonder, maybe Jordan Walker just isn't the superstar that we expected him to be, but it sure seems like the Cardinals have guys that go elsewhere and to succeed too. Well, I, I don't. The reason why I can't blame it on the Cardinals is because it's it's on the players. I mean, we there's a, a hitting coach that's no longer here this year, and all he did was what 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 did the Cardinals do last year? They were tied for third carry in runs scored per game. And then there's this thing called the Silver Slugger. What's that for? That's for being the best hitter at your position. How many of those guys did they have on the roster last year? They had a few. They had uh, the third baseman, the first baseman. And then there's a, there's a, also an MVP, which is the best player of the league. How many of those guys did we have? That was the uh, there, there was a first and a third place finisher. Okay, MVP. those two Silver mm-hmm. Slugger guys. Yeah. So, Again, the players did well, yet that that hitting coach is no longer here because people thought when they struggled down the street, it's the hitting coach's fault. Mm -hmm. It's his fault. They're showing up to his house. You are mad if you think that the coach is the one doing or not doing the job. It is on the player. It is their job to figure it out. My job as a coach is to prepare you for the moment. Your job as a player is to shine in that moment. That's it. That's the simple part of it. And if you're unable to do that as a player, I can't look at the coaches and say, well, you're not doing a good enough job. Now, if you're not prepared, I've seen some game plans in, in football and in different sports where a team was completely outcoached and unprepared. Those are two totally different things than not performing when the opportunity presents itself. Well, I think what we're seeing here, too, just kind of reading between the lines with what the Cardinals are saying and some of the players as well, is that Yachty was almost like another coach, mm-hmm. right? With his ability, with his game planning, how he approached things with his pitchers, you know, how he handled things with... You know, the other guys on the team as well. So you lose that as well going into this season. And that is, I mean, that's a huge role for Wilson Contreras to step into. But once again, it's just like, it, I don't think anybody expected him to be Yachty. He was he was brought in to be Wilson Contreras. But going back to the, the coaching situation too, I you know, the Jeff Albert thing will always be a sore subject, I feel like, here in St. Louis. But I, from just being around him, the players really worked well with him. I mean, Paul Goldschmidt would talk about working with Jeff Albert a lot. They really respected Jeff Albert and the work that he did with them. And so much so that his philosophy, right, Randy, was allowed to kind of be pushed throughout the entire the Cardinal entire system. system. The mm-hmm. entire Cardinal system. And Mo was shocked when he couldn't bring Jeff Albert back. he did. Mm-hmm. Jeff Albert left of his own volition. Uh, Mo wanted to bring him back, and it, it kind of threw Mo for a loop when Albert said, no, I'm not coming back. I, 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 I agree with that. And so I, I wanted to get to a point about Wilson Contreras, right? I think that is a failure on the coaches. That is their fault. If he is unable to understand the philosophy, whatever this philosophy is, then that's your fault as a coach for not being able to teach it to him, to explain it to him, to make sure he understands it without having any issues. That is on the coaches. But 
because Wilson Contreras has played at a high level his entire career and has done it well in Chicago. So him coming here and you're saying, oh, he can't do it here, then that's your coach's fault. But any other situation, it's generally the players that need to perform better. And I do think the Cardinals organizationally have a tendency to overcomplicate things. Mo told us a couple of years ago when Michelle was on the show, he he called Jeff Albert's hitting philosophy a high-level curriculum. You don't give baseball players a high-level curriculum. I don't think that that meshes. Uh, When you have something that historically has been simple for 150 years, then stick with it. Don't overcomplicate things. And I think the Cardinals do have a tendency to do that. And I do think that with Wilson Contreras, it should not be that hard. It it hasn't been that hard for his brother to go into Milwaukee and have a top 10 ERA in baseball. It hasn't been that hard for Sean Murphy to get a whole new staff and have a top ERA in baseball. Hasn't been that hard for Christian Vasquez to mm-hmm. move to the Twins and have a top 10 ERA in baseball. So if those teams all have top 10 ERAs and their catchers are thriving, maybe the issue is here rather than maybe maybe it's an organizational issue rather than a Wilson Contreras issue. Well, and that's and that's the thing with all of this when it comes to the pitching staff, when it comes to the hitters and all this stuff. We can't see into these meetings, but Going back to reading between the lines, it sounds like the, this is a very intricate system, even though they won't reveal everything that they do. They keep kind of using that word. That Processes. This is a very, yeah, this is this is really hard to understand, right, according to Ali mm-hmm. Marmal. But here's the thing. Something's not translating on the field. And so that means that people are not on the same page. And that you can look at that when it comes to the hitters, when it comes to the pitching staff, when it comes to this whole Wilson Contreras situation as well. There, there's something that's not translating. There's guys who are not buying into something, and that seems to be the players when it comes to whatever philosophy is being pushed by the front office and by the coaching staff. I like the ideal idea of simplicity. I thought Mike Schilt dealt in simplicity. Keep it simple, stupid. It's a good thing to do. I think simple is good. I do. It better be for me. I have no other choice. <laughs> <laughs> that is Brooke. That is Carrie. I am Randy. Coming up, we've got our Rush Hour Reset. And don't forget to get your mic drop in. You've got 15 minutes to win the Aerosmith tickets. Matthew is loving this. The talent in St. Louis, the musical talent, is beyond impressive. And we're going to hear from you. With your, uh, do, you, do you have the music? Do we, we want you to send in a mic drop with this from Aerosmith so that you can win the Aerosmith tickets. There you go. That's at 9.15. But coming up next, the Rush Hour Reset on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the opening drive with a Rush Hour Reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. Nine oh four in St. Louis, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler, a mildly... Disappointing finish to the Cardinals series in Chicago last night. They lost by a score of 10 to 4, especially after granting Jordan Montgomery an early league courtesy of Nolan Arenado. 
Swing and a shot headed for the gap in right center. That ball is down. Goldie around second on his way to third. That'll get to the wall. Goldschmidt around third. He's going to score. Nolan cuts the bag. He's headed for third. And the Cardinals lead 1-0. How about those Redbirds? Up 1-0. And then in the uh, third inning, top of the third, you've got... Kisner reaching on an infield single. You got Edmund sacrifice. Yes, that's right. Tommy Edmund sacrificed uh, Kisner over. That did happen. Look at that. Yep. Mm. Uh, you had Goldie strike out, and then the, the Cardinal catcher stepped in. Shot to right field. There's a base hit. Here comes Kiz around third. Here comes the throw. It's going to be up the line. Contreras does it again and says, boomy, Chicago. It's 2 nothing. Catcher Andrew Kisner, right? No, that was Wilson Contreras, sir. You, you said catcher, though. Oh, Randy. well, uh, they're paying a guy $87.5 million to catch. Why wouldn't he be catching, Kerry? Well, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, Randy. <laughs> as all of St. Louis is. Sick of it! <laughs> uh, things went downhill from there. The Cubs built up a lead to 6-2. to two. They wound up winning by a score of 10-4. to four. Tough outing for Jordan Montgomery. He was uh, he, he was down about it. And now the Cardinals will take a day off in Boston, enjoy some seafood today, before opening Boston. a three-game series tomorrow night at Fenway with Adam Wainwright on the mound against the Bo Sox. Hmm. Did the uh, Celtics play tonight? Uh, I believe so, yes. I think they're going in Boston, oh. right? Oh, be trying to go to the game. That's something Albert that would, would have set relaxing. up for the crew. Yeah. See, yeah, things like that, things to get away from. Yeah, I wonder if Adam, oh, yeah, yes, uh, Albert did do that yeah. last year. Uh, Six thirty in Philly. Get you a, oh, oh, Philly. oh, shoot, darn, darn it. it. Oh well, bummer. maybe they can find what's what. It was another team bonding thing that you can do in Boston. Go bowling. Anybody who's been in Boston, <laughs> give us a. <laughs> Give us a team bonding idea. Okay. For Boston. Just all right. Yeah, the, the text line bowling, is open. Bowling in Boston, Randy. If somebody injures their finger bowling, oh, then point. I don't think that will be great yeah, for the morale yeah, of point. this team right um, now. Assault a New York fan. No, uh, no, no. Is that no. what they usually do in Boston? You can no. hurt your finger there you could, too. You can hurt your hand. And what? Don't you say? punch anything isn't, isn't or anyone. Yeah. Isn't that what they usually do in right. Boston? And then you go to jail. Yeah. You go okay. to jail for for assault. I'm just, you guys ask what do people do in Boston? I assume that's one of the most common right, things they know, do there. How about <laughs> a, I? I can tell you what they do, but I won't. <laughs> how about just go go for dinner on the North End? Just uh, go. By the way, avoid the Southeast, but go for dinner on the North End. They've got a lot of delicious restaurants there. And uh, take advantage of the great dining scene in Boston, Massachusetts. We got a very a blunt question, and I want to get it out here. Uh, from the 636, are you guys really confused why the worst catcher available in the offseason has lost his job in one month? The worst catcher <laughs> available? Do you pay people that are the worst at anything $87 million? I don't think I would. I wouldn't. So then you would have to assume that someone didn't do their homework and Greg Amzinger said it earlier, whoever, if the decision is for him to never be an everyday catcher again, the person that, that brought this decision to the forefront of, of the Cardinals front office needs to take a step forward and, and <laughs> say his last words. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before he, he decides to leave. Not anything else. No, yeah, and and look, like the the thing is is people point to like, oh, see like this is obviously. I've seen a lot of people say that on social media. We've talked about that where you do the comparison to Sean Murphy. Look, it, it is what it is at this point. Either way, it's not like I, I just don't understand acting like this was an arranged marriage. 
Like you knew fully what you were getting into. You courted, you dated. He, they even went down to Florida for a nice little evening to discuss things. And then you proposed. Mm-hmm. You're the one that got the ring and proposed. And then just to be like, no, I like what Greg said about you got to go through marriage counseling. Yeah. I, I love that, that, that thought process because it, it is on the pictures when you are so comfortable with Yachty. Yachty, I'm sure, took away any anxiety you may have any pitch that you felt should have been a strike. You know, he's probably having conversations that you don't know about with the ump. He's framing pitches extremely well. And now you got a new person that it just is not as familiar and you're uncomfortable. And instead of saying, hey, let's work to make this thing comfortable because you're going to be here. It feels like it feels like they they decided to go in a different direction and, and you know, kind of put him on the, the chopping block and saying it's all on him. It just doesn't, it, it's just not not a good look. I like this text from the 314. I read it to you guys earlier. This Cardinal front office makes me feel like when I was in school and I would get the right answer, but was told I was wrong because I didn't do the work the right way. Yeah, kind of feels that way. Yeah, you get that feel, no doubt. Uh, the, high, the high curriculum means high grading, right? Yep. And by the way, going back to the texture from the uh, 636, my little piece of advice for you would be to go to baseballreference.com and type in two words, Gary Sanchez. <laughs> if you think that Wilson Contreras was the worst catcher available during the offseason. Well, and if it's not this huge giant secret that he's not the best at calling a game, you don't think the Cardinals were also maybe aware of that and maybe didn't have the right process? Or We're talking about processes, right? Yeah. Did they not do the right process of kind of planning this out? Because it's not a surprise he was coming. It's almost like the Major League Baseball rules where we've talked about we haven't seen them really utilize them. It's not a surprise that no. these rules were coming. Exactly. Randy, you say that, but who's going to get more starts at catcher over the next two weeks? Mm. Wasn't Contreras or Gary Sanchez? Oh, I think Contreras still will. <laughs> okay. Uh, didn't Sanchez sign a minor league deal? I don't think he's in the majors yet. Yeah, I guess it's a minor league deal. <laughs> so maybe he will. Uh, Kerry's Golden State Warriors winners over the Lakers last night, 121 to 106. So the Warriors are still alive down in the series 3 to 2. Head coach Steve Kerr. There's always that belief uh, based on. You know, the the success these guys have had and uh, the confidence they've built up together, the continuity. So, um, you know, I think our guys were, were disappointed. We couldn't wrap up game four after playing pretty well for most of the game. Uh, but now we get another crack uh, to, to go down there and, and uh, you know, try to even up the series. So um, the guys will always have, have belief. That's just, that's who they are. Gary, confidence level on a scale of one to ten. Oh, 10. Wow. Man, I'm not. I mean, Anthony Davis, we don't know. Whether he plays or not, that, that doesn't matter. They are figuring some things out with their smaller lineup and not feeling the need to have Looney and, and Draymond on the court at the same time. And it's just they're, they're, they have been here before. They are, you know, four-time champions. They understand how to fight back in the series and how to, how to come out of there with a win. Now, the only concern for me would be on the road because they've stunk all season. But – I think that there was a stat that they've won at least one road game in every playoff series that they've played in since this whole uh, run started. So I'm, I'm not too worried about it. I, the one thing that does concern me, if you watch Jordan Poole on the bench, it is sad and ridiculous. And mm-hmm. as a teammate, I, I, I hate to say this, but I can see why Draymond punched him. 
Like I, I, <laughs> I could see why Draymond he for he he, he saw it coming. He saw he, and he was trying to discipline him as best as he could mm-hmm. before the season started. Punch him in the face and say, "Hey, brother, don't do this." And he's still doing it. He should get punched again. I just feel that way. Fair As enough. a teammate. Fair enough. You don't act that way when you're winning, man. It ain't about you. It's it's Bingo. it's hard to watch. Exactly. Uh, that is our Rush Hour Reset here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to display some of the superb musical talent that exists in the St. Louis metro area as we try to provide a lucky listener a chance to score tickets to Aerosmith with the Black Crows October 26th at Enterprise Center. We're going to hear some of St. Louis's best and brightest on the music scene next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Your chance to score tickets to see Aerosmith with special guest, the Black Crows, October 26th at Enterprise Center. All you had to do was send in a mic drop, and we'll use the mic drop feature to hear you. And, Matthew, do you have the original from Steven Tyler and Aerosmith so that we can actually copy? You're copying what Steven Tyler and Aerosmith did, and so we want you to channel your best Aerosmith. Here's what we want you to copy. Well, we're pretty close to Okay, so we have our notepads going. Can I can I get a yes. quick over under? Uh, more bad or good? I'm going to say more good. More good? Yep. <laughs> I, I, bro. Okay. Everybody can sing, but can they sing well? <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> that is right? a very good point. That's a and did we already uh, say one through five is the grading system for each one? So we'll listen and then we'll give them a one through five. Is that what it is? Yeah, that is. Five is, is, is five being the highest. Yeah, yeah. five being okay. the highest. Okay. okay. So and we've got a list of names here. We've got Don James. Ryan, Liz, Mark. Who's uh, is that? John. John. Um, and then we'll have Zach, Josh, and Joseph. So uh, let's get started here. Let's hear from Don. Dream on, dream on, dream on, dream on, dream on, dream on, dream on. Don, Don. Don. Nice, oh, not bad, nice Don. closing effort there. Uh, he had a little bit of like a twang where maybe he could do some country. That wasn't yeah. bad. That, it was not I bad. I was worried. I was okay. too at the beginning. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, I liked it. James, you're next. Dream on. Dream on. Dream on. Dream on. Dream on. <laughs> James, another. Oh. Oh, I liked the game. What, what a finishing kick. Yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> we'll go to the next. Okay. <laughs> Just keep going to Simon the Collins. Next one is Ryan. Uh, well, you know, with, with James, the, the, the finish. It, it, you want me to be full on Simon Collins? I don't want to do that to James. Okay. But can because we... I can. Because it kind of sounded like a cat. But what about, what about the vocal <laughs> talent of jumping from one octave to another? That that's that's what impresses me. The finishing kick for both Don and, and James was impressive. Okay, Ryan is our next contestant. Ryan. Well Damn. done, Impressive. Ryan. I love it, okay? 
That's that's very nice. Oh, Ryan, well done. I I don't find many flaws with uh, with Ryan's performance there. I didn't either. I like that one. I'm going to change my grade. <laughs> but I don't mind any flaws. Carrie, an animal comparison for that one, please. Oh, that was a. I mean, that was a strong performance. I don't know if I have an animal comparison. That was more. That was almost Steven Tyler esque. Like I. I I enjoyed that performance. That was that was what we need to hear. I expect that level of performance going forward. If it does not meet Ryan's level, I will let you know. All right, let's You're hear from next. Liz, who's Ooh. next. Dream on, dream on, dream on, dream on, dream on, dream on, dream on. Liz, nice work. I like and I like the music a touch to it. You, yeah, you added a, a little, that that gave me a little bit of yeah, that wasn't bad, Liz. Not at all. No. Okay, so we're closing in on we're giving a we're halfway home uh, nearly. Uh we're gonna we need to hear from Mark here. Yes, PN, yes, PN, yes, It's a no for me, dog. Proud of the creativity. It's a no for me, dog. Proud of the creativity, but uh, what was that? On a scale of one to five. Zero. It's not what we asked for. Um, we we asked for you to sing the song. You you gave us your own rendition. That it's a oh, no for me, dog. Good, good job of making it your own. At yeah. first, I thought he was about to say something else, and I was worried. <laughs> I was really Mark has worried. already screened so, these. He he so, has made uh, sure. Mark, in my grading system, you get a one for signing your name. So, uh, oh. congratulations on that. It's supposed to be able to sign your name. Let's Randy. go. Uh, let's go to John next. Dream on, dream on, dream on. Okay. Who is this? I love the finish, that John. John. Yeah, that was John. Okay. Uh, okay. So, uh, our next contestant for the Aerosmith tickets is Zach. We're going to win the World Series. Dream on. Dream on. Okay. okay, you don't get a point for signing your name. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Oh. I like the shot of the Cardinals. I give him a two for that. Okay. Uh, uh, you would. Josh. Josh has uh, made the effort here. I, I, uh, uh, Joseph is going to have to come strong. Yeah. I've got a clear favorite here. I, I think we all do, uh, Randy. Okay, so Joseph, what do you got for us? Dream on, 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 dream on. Good effort. Good effort. <laughs> you, Joseph, are you okay? Oh, you I hope so. need a glass of water. We need to text. Joseph, text in and make sure. Let us know you're all right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds oh, like it ended my. well. All right. So uh, here we go. Okay. Uh, so I, I had, uh, Zach, I love you. But Zach, I gave you a zero. Okay. Uh, did you guys have a lowest score of the group? Well, Zach and Mark got zeros for me. I gave Mark a one because he signed his name. Uh, he sang the wrong song. Okay. It's not what he told us he was going to sing. Fair enough. Fair enough. How about you, Brooke? Uh, Zach, I gave a zero. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, I, I thought our initial contestant, Don, was very strong. I gave him a three and a half. 
I thought he had a beautiful singing voice. He would get the golden ticket in my book. Really? Is that what they did in American Idol? Yeah. Or is yeah. it the golden get, bo- yeah, buzzer? Sending you to Hollywood. Oh, sending you to Hollywood. Yeah, golden okay. buzzer's America's Got Talent, I think. But there, I thought they also did uh, golden ticket. Or maybe it's just Hollywood. That's what they golden ticket. You're going to Hollywood, Don. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so how about a winner then? Let's pick out a winner. Who got fives? Ryan. Ryan got a five from Kerry Ryan Davis. Got a five. Oh, Ryan! I, I gave Ryan a five also. Ryan, dog, your performance was was stellar. <laughs> you hit the right notes. You did exactly what exactly what we asked for. We wanted to hear that sound, and you brought it to the stage today for us, dog. You're going to Hollywood. You're going to what is it? He's going to Aerosmith. You you, you are the Aerosmith. one. That's right. Wow. Can we That's again? Can we get Ryan up again? Uh, Ryan, Can we hear him one more time? Ryan was strong. He's going to Aerosmith October 26th at Enterprise Center with the Black Crows. And you can still get tickets. All you need to do is find a bonus chance to win at 101ESPN.com or on the 101 app. Here's Ryan again. Dream on! Dream on! Dream on! Dream on! Dream on! Dream on! That was very, very well that done. Was the, that's what we were I looking for, yeah. dog. That's I still, I still want that redemption note. for Don. I thought Don was great. Don was terrific. Ryan, do us a favor. Please text us at uh, 314-399-9646. That's 314-399-YO-HO. And that way we can get your information. You're fine. Don't worry about it. I don't, I, don't feel, I, don't feel hurt. I don't feel hurt, left out, or betrayed in any way, shape, or form. You're fine. Uh, please text the text line. That way we can get your information and get you those tickets. All right. Awesome. Coming up next on 101 ESPN, we're going to talk some hockey with our Blues insider from The Athletic, Jeremy Rutherford, is next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, it is the opening drive. And guys, four years ago, today was the start of one of the most remarkable sports things that I have ever seen. Four years ago today, the San Jose Sharks beat the Blues 6-3 in Game 1 of the NHL Western Conference Finals. Ten days later, the Sharks had zero interest in playing anymore. The Blues just beat them up and ran them into submission and won, obviously, on May 21st, 5-1. And San Jose, uh, as... Kelly Chase has mentioned, if that game would have somehow gone the, the way of the Sharks, Game 6, if it would have gone to Game 7, San Jose wouldn't have been able to field the team. It was that that bad that the Blues just hammered them. JR, that was that was some series. That was about the, the essence of the Blues' physicality that year. That series was, wasn't it? Randy, it really was. After that hand pass game, I remember going down in the locker room and the Blues players, just their attitude, they were like, Dream on, dream on, dream on, dream on, dream on. Okay. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah. All right, JR. Ryan won, but if you're an employee of 101 ESPN, you can't win the tickets. But JR, uh, Ryan got a five, you got a 5.5. 5. Uh. 
I just want to hear what Kerry gave me. I, I gave you a five. You you did outstanding, dog. <laughs> outstanding. Hey, I was coming on, and I just got a text message from uh, Barrett Jackman, and he said, you got to sing Aerosmith. <laughs> <laughs> it was beautiful. We, well, well done. We, we really enjoyed it. Well, I guess we should, you know, segue into some hockey. I saw your article that just came out about the NHL draft lottery. One, is it rigged? Two, it seems like Doug Armstrong realized that the chances were very low of them getting Connor Bedard, right? Yeah, Brooke. And, you know, the whole rig thing has been going on for years, not just this year, but uh, obviously when the Blackhawks are the winner of the draft lottery, that's going to take on another level of uh, people calling it rigged. And, hey, look, there's a lot of conspiracy theories out there in terms of what could happen, how you could rig it. I just don't see it, uh, but I understand it from the, the perspective of uh, people outside of Chicago. In terms of Doug Armstrong, you know, it was funny a couple of days ago when I said to him, I said, uh, so what do you think about Bedard going to Chicago? And he goes, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> didn't they get Patrick Kane that way too? So, uh, <laughs> But he said, hey, they, they had the number one and the number three overall picks uh, all those years with Kane and Taves. And we found a way to compete, so he's looking to do that again. JR, anything surprising you in, in, in the NHL playoffs? I thought Florida was going to be able to get that win at home yesterday. Unfortunately, they did not. What is, what is surprising you about what's taking place so far? Yeah, Kerry, in terms of that series, uh, just the way Toronto, you know, they looked like they are in a, a melees uh, a couple games ago prior to that win last night. It's like uh, these are the playoffs. You won the first round. You got the monkey off your back. You know, come to play this series. I give Florida all the credit in the world. You know, they're playing good hockey, uh, but two games ago, Toronto, just not a great effort, what you expect. But they came back, played hard last night, made it 3-1. We'll see what they can do. The thing that surprises me, you go back to late last night, if anybody was up late last night, uh, Alex Petrangelo, the mild-mannered uh, <laughs> defenseman, slash on Leon Dreisaitl. And, guys, he could face a suspension for that. Uh, for anybody who's seen that that highlight, uh, Alex Petrangelo slashing Dreisaitl, but kind of looked in the hand area. So, you know, that series tied 2-2. That's a surprise to me because Petro could miss that game five. Uh, Dreisaitl deserved it. If Petro did it to me, <laughs> Dreisaitl had to do something to deserve it, right? <laughs> well, put up uh, as many points as he has in these playoffs, probably. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Jr. It's it's amazing to think what a difference maker Matthew Kachuk is, and we saw on some levels with Calgary. I mean, they made the playoffs with him last year. They didn't make it this year, but he could turn into one of those guys who's the difference between the Panthers for the next five or six years being a consistent contender or not. He's he's that impactful, at least in my opinion. Randy, he can do that, and I'm going to take it a step further. I think he can be one of the top three or four faces of hockey in the next five or ten years, and obviously you're talking about uh, guys like McDavid. You're going to see Bedard up there. Uh, and I realize that Kachuk is a different type of player, but that's the kind of guy he is in terms of being able to do it all. He could be the Team USA captain at the next, next Olympics if indeed the NHL goes and plays there. We had so much fun, Haley Sullivan and I at the uh, Athletic this past week, working on this Kachuk piece, and you had to go back and talk to a lot of people uh, close to Matthew growing up. And, you know, the few things that stick out in my mind about doing this, uh, doing these interviews is they said at 12, 13 years old, he was the type of guy who, who went into the offensive zone knowing you had to make a play or give the extra shove, not because you were going to score on that possession, but to put it in the mind of the defenseman that maybe the next shift down, maybe the next shift down. So a guy who's always thinking a couple heads, uh, plays ahead is Matthew Kachuk, and I think that anticipation of the game is what makes him so successful. Well, Jr., what's what's next is the uh, draft, which is coming up in Nashville here soon. Do you expect the Blues to hang on to that pick? Yeah, Brooke, first of all, are you going down there with us? 
No, I don't think so. Unless, well, you know what? This might be a good opportunity to just see maybe if Tommy's listening, get a trip to Nashville. Yeah, Tommy, let's go. Yeah, late, uh, late June. So it's going to be exciting. The Blues uh, right now with three first-round picks. And I did ask Doug Armstrong about these picks just a couple days ago. Again, he says he'd be shocked if they didn't make that number 10 overall pick. You know, what's going to be interesting about that number 10 is there are a couple defensemen uh, in that neighborhood of 8, 9, 10, 11, where they're going to pick. So it'll be interesting if they go that route. I asked Doug Armstrong, you got a lot of defensemen in the system. We saw a lot of them at the end of last season come up and make cameos. But he said, yeah, but this number 10, that's a top four guy in the future, and that's probably what the Blues are lacking in their system. So I wouldn't see it. I wouldn't be surprised if they did go that route. And then with the later two picks, kind of funny, you got Toronto and you also have uh, Dallas. That's where those two picks are coming from. That Rangers pick is via Dallas. And I said, Doug, are you watching the playoffs? And he said, heck yeah, I'm rooting against those two teams (laughs) so they can get these picks higher up in the draft. So we'll see what they do with those. We all know the options. They can use the picks or they can uh, trade one or both of them to uh, acquire an NHL-ready player. J.R., we, we've talked about the possibility of a Ryan O'Reilly return ever since he got traded. What's your sense right now of, and we don't know how Ryan feels about this, but what about the Blues? Yeah, as we sit here right now, you know, I'd give it somewhat of a chance, but I, I wouldn't probably uh, bet on it. Uh, I think that the money's probably going to be there. We'll have to see what they do with shedding salary. But it depends what Ryan O'Reilly wants. The one thing I keep going back to is, you know, could he have had an extension here in St. Louis because they did talk about that briefly. And what I was told, you know, talking to sides is that, uh, you know, the money wasn't there. You know, you hate to use the term lowball offer when you're talking about a guy like Ryan O'Reilly, but it wasn't there. But maybe Doug Armstrong had in his mind he wanted that that first-round pick, so he wasn't going to offer that extension at the, at the money that he might uh, later this offseason. So we'll see what happens. I, I just think the Blues are probably – headed a different direction. You want to turn things over to some of the younger guys. It's a different style that they're playing now than really what Ryan O'Reilly brings. So I'd give it somewhat of a chance, Randy, but uh, at this point, uh, I don't know that it'll happen. JR, last thing, who's going to win the Stanley Cup? Well, that's a good one. You know what? You talked about it a couple of days ago, Randy. I heard you. You know, it's not a team that we're used to. It's, it's not the Pittsburghs, the Washingtons, uh, so on and so forth. So uh, you look at the way the series are shaping up. I still like Dallas in the West, you know, if Edmonton can get by uh, Vegas, you never know what those skill guys can do in the playoffs. And then you look at the other side of it, you know, it looks like Carolina, they seem to be mowing over uh, New Jersey after losing. uh, And it looks like they could close out that series tonight. So I'm going to go with Carolina against Dallas and I'll go Carolina for the Stanley Cup. That's a great call. JR, great piece at The Athletic with Army. Thanks so much for taking the time with us today. and We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. That is our Blues Insider from The Athletic, Jeremy Rutherford, talking some hockey on 101 ESPN. We're headed down the stretch. We've got a little game of a rock and roll coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. Thanks so much for the overwhelming number of positive texts that we got about having people sing Aerosmith. It was great, and uh, we're glad that you had fun. We're glad that you enjoy fun. 
on the opening drive here on 101 ESPN. By the way, BK is at Cyberg's in O'Fallon, Illinois tonight with a chance to win a four-pack of premium seats for the Scott Air Force Base Air Show, courtesy of Budweiser. Join BK tonight. Get entered to win a four-pack of reserve seats in an exclusive viewing area for Sunday's air show, courtesy of Budweiser. Must be 21-plus to enter. All right, rock and roll. Matthew, what do you got? NFL schedule release coming later today with a show, but we're getting little tidbits here and there. Yesterday was the international games, and now it's your favorite player gets his thank you game back for his big team. That's right, week number one in Foxborough. It's going to be the thank you Tom game. Uh, The owner of the New England Patriots, Robert Kraft, announced that the greatest player in the history of the game played right here in Foxborough, and I'm happy to tell you I invited him back to come here and be with us at the opening game. Tom Brady returns to Foxborough. You knew it was going to happen, but I expect this to be a a big hullabaloo retired oh. number. Do they have the statue ready already by then? Uh, they will have two things we know for certain. A lot of cameras and microphones in the building. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and uh, I think just to honor Tom Brady, they need to have some deflated footballs. For they should throw them on the field. Yep. That should be... Yeah, the, the deflate, deflated football day. Yeah, I think it'll be a good idea. Football Yeah, that's how you honor the guy. Yeah, celebrate. In New England. Celebration. Mm-hmm. Everything just deflated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Celebration. That's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. How about Peyton Manning? I don't know if you felt this way, CD, but did, you know, Peyton Manning says he would never have a discussion about the game plan in the locker room there because he was convinced that that locker room was bugged. Well, there were. Uh, <laughs> wow. I didn't know that. that. Yeah. And the fact mm-hmm. that they're. The communication would often go out at some point. Every time the they game. play a good team, right? Yeah. The communication from quarterback to, to OC, OC the quarterback, it would always go out. They couldn't communicate with one another. And pretty mysterious. I yeah. hate that. I, I really don't like you that. You should expect it from them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, weren't they videoing? What was it, too? They were videoing yeah, the you know, people. Yeah. Was that the Rams or was that, that was the, the Patriots that did that? They were videotaping the Rams. Oh, yeah. Oh. They, their practice. Yeah. Before the yes. Super Bowl. Yes, yeah, yeah. I remember bad, that now. Bad. And as it turns out, it wasn't just the uh, it wasn't just the walkthrough at the Superdome the day before. Because the Rams were practicing at the Saints facility, and there was a head coach of the Saints at the time that hated Mike Martz and the Rams. Mm. Mm. Had access to those uh, that video. Those files. Yeah. You know what we used to do when we would go to stadiums? Our coach was a little bit paranoid as well. He would always think we would get in, in college. We would get to the stadium early. And so what we would do was we would have our walkthroughs, but it would literally be 20 people on offense. So you re- we the 11 people that oh, were yeah. doing their job knew, but you would have seven, eight other people walking in different areas, so it would be hard, and the quarterback would do his job, fake a throw, or not even fake the, not even run the actual play, throw it to a guy. You, there's no That's way wild. in the world you would know who was actually a part of the game, because we didn't have our jerseys on either, so, uh-huh. you know, you wouldn't be able to tell who was who. That's amazing. Yeah. That's good stuff. It, it, was, it, was, it was something he did every, every, every away game that we went to. By the way, congrats to TB12. Take it or leave it, Giselle goes to the celebration. Leave Should it. go. Leave I'll, it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. She's been, she's been supportive. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to leave it on that one. Okay. Why? She's, I don't I just, so. I mean, yeah, I guess the kids will be there. So she'll be there with the kids. <laughs> the kids. Oh, that's yeah, awful. That Someone one said massages afterwards. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah, Robert. Good job, 618. Yep. Oh, <laughs> 
Um, we've had a rash of these stories coming out, and now there's a, a, a new one here as Colorado Rapids winger Max Elvez is under investigation by his home country's public ministry. That's the public ministry of Brazil because last year he cashed a bet on a betting app for him to get a yellow card in a game. Oh. He was subbed into a game in the 65th minute. He got that yellow card in 94 seconds. How much Why? did he win? Uh, there, that part, let me see, he has been allegedly received 60000 Brazilian dollars. I don't know what's that supposed. Somebody got a problem with what this? that? What that would be? I, I think and it's illegal. So, oh. And so the Rapids also issued a statement. We are aware of the reports regarding a Colorado Rapids player in connection with unlawful sports gambling. We take matters of this nature seriously and seek at all times to protect the integrity of the game. The player has been removed from all team activities while MLS conducts an investigation into this matter. This coming on the heels of the Alabama baseball uh, gambling, where apparent where the coach was fired because there was a better that he was in uh, correspondence with, who was making bets after he was talking or texting with the Alabama baseball coach. These stories are unfortunate, but I just have a feeling this is this is kind of the this is the other side of the coin. Is yeah, these so things hold on here one second. Carrie, I'm sorry. Are, are you suggesting that somebody associated with the Colorado Rapids <laughs> would skirt the rules for their oh, own financial gain? No. Never. Hmm. Intriguing. In, in that why franchise? Would you, why would you mention what, what, what's significant about Yeah, why, why, about why are you mentioning the Colorado, the Colorado Rapids? I mean, this is gambling around all of sports. Well, right? here's the thing. I'm talking about skirting the rules, okay. i.e., maybe avoiding a certain league's relocation <sighs> guidelines <sighs> so that you can enrich yourself and double the franchise value. Breaking laws? Just going against yeah. all, all well, the rules. Going against the grain. Skirting the rules, yeah. Just saying, do, basically doing whatever you want to do. Basically, yes. Yeah. I just can't imagine that somebody would Why be would anybody with do that? Yeah. Why would Let's anybody cheer for a team that a person does that? That's a great uh, question. I have no idea. <laughs> because their favorite player plays for that team. It's not um, their fault. It's not okay. the player's fault. It's not the person's fault for liking no, that it's, player. It's the player's it just fault. happens. <laughs> he did sign the contract there. <laughs> they can, they can, but the team that signed you or drafted you can give you more money. You just give <laughs> that. I deserve that. Uh, my question, though, nuggets. because, again, this is the third kind of big story where somebody's lost their job or potentially will lose their job because some pretty clear gambling violations. We have the suspensions in the NFL. Do we see a natural, because ev everything's happening except for here in Missouri, but do we see a natural pullback before maybe this thing gets all kind of cleaned out and, and, and smoothed out? There has to be. There has to be. I just don't bet on yourself or have with the Alabama coach. Didn't he have a friend that he was communicating with? Yeah, yeah I was saying, yeah. the guy was and, at the casino getting communications from the coach, putting in bets, here, here, and they have video. Here's the problem: that, that the the reason why it rang alarms is because they said that number betting on that game at that specific time. Who in the hell is betting on this? And they said, I mean, just there are some dumb criminals. You got mm -hmm. to find a way if you're gonna be a criminal. And I don't suggest you you choose a life of crime. But if you're going to choose a life of crime, be better at it. Don't yeah. be a dummy. <laughs> if you're going to bet on yourself to get a yellow card, maybe, just maybe, wait maybe a little bit deeper into the match than 90 either. seconds. Maybe you don't place that bet. Like, Rock, if you if you tell me, CD, there's a bet that you're going to get a personal foul in this game. Cool. Place that bet, Rock. <laughs> but Carrie, Carrie, but, 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 but leave that to the third quarter. But make sure you we 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 will talk turkey. I need a little bit, you know. I, but I'm gonna make it happen. I'm gonna hit somebody square in their back. 
<laughs> you better believe it. At some point in this game, I'm going to let somebody, someone upset me, and I'm going to grab them by their face mask. But it's hey, going to be well warranted. Just to try to get a few bucks. Yeah, if you're going to do it, that, but be smart. Right. Don't just first play, go spear somebody in the back first time you get in the game. Yeah, that, that seems pretty dumb. Well, I told everyone in the room today that I have not been able to understand the emotion since 2002. <laughs> That's Rock's guy. Uncle Stan. He said that verbatim. Wow. Well, without getting into all the details of it, I mean, dealing with people with lower incomes wasn't something I particularly look forward to, frankly. <laughs> That one sounds actually real. <laughs> that sounds like that's just a, a real part. thought. <laughs> that's the sad part. Oh, do we have anything else? Or are we gonna? No, that's all for we're, rock we're, and roll. We've got a balloon party coming up. We, we got, got T-Mag and Ajax coming up. I wonder if they have a great guest today. Usually, because uh, we're starting to get a little lead, little read now on the balloon party. Um, the day they don't work is. Uh, I'm not going to say they don't work. <laughs> they don't work on the other show. But the, oh, the, the day they work the least is Wednesday, and then they kind of have a bounce back Thursday. Hmm. On, oh, okay. on this show, on the balloon party. <laughs> that felt like a direct shot. Well, I think that's exactly what they said. What what, what they call it, wide berth Wednesday? Yeah, that's what Jackson <laughs> called it, a wide berth Wednesday, which yeah. I think, I think was less of a plan mean? and more of Jackson mean? being able to come up with good alliteration on the fly. Oh. Wide berth is you. There's a lot of things you can do in the show when you walk in the room. I think that's what they're talking about. Oh, okay. Hey, thank you very much for singing for us, Don and James, Ryan and Liz, Mark and John, Zach, Josh, Joseph. Thanks for leaving the mic drops and singing for us. It was very, very fun. It, it took a lot of confidence to do yep. that, and and we're very happy for it. Yeah, we loved it, yep. everyone. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Cardinals are not going to lose today. They will not. That's true. So sunshine lollipops. Yeah, Matthew's happy about it. Uh, that's our producer, audio engineer, the one, the only Matthew Rocchio. He's going to say pleasure. Pleasure. Uh, he's, uh, I don't know what he's unhappy about here. The computer doesn't want to work. Is that, su- is that a surprise? There's only like two yeah. of the things that are, are going to make me unhappy, and the computer not working is, is right on top of the list. Yeah. So, Brooke, you excited about these cameras that are going to start working next year? Yeah. I, <laughs> next I just year. Keep, I just keep, I keep giving it side eye because of the way that it's shot at me, and I also call it the forehead cam when I sit. You're going to get a direct <laughs> shot of my forehead, so enjoy that. It's pretty big. So. Oh, man. CD? My man. Oh, okay. No, I guess not. It's really, the computer's really not working. Uh, do we need to keep talking here? No, we're fine. Okay, good. That computer doesn't control anything that actually matters. Got it, okay. To, like, the show running. Well, we uh, have the Hurricanes and the Devils tonight, game five of their series, pregame at 5.30, shortened uh, fast lane show. So you've got Balloon Party, BKM Ferrario, Fast Lane, and then Hurricanes and Devils. For all of us, thanks so much for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Till tomorrow, Till tomorrow morning. Friday at 7. <laughs> Have a great day, St. Louis. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.